everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. I am Peter, and I'm joined as always by Matt. Yeah, this is this was backwards metal. More on that later. And uh, also here is Connor, who is well. Two two notes to make here. One, if you're watching the video, he's in a shirt and tie. He's looking quite dapper for this week's show. Just for his own funeral. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? He actually, he does look. It looks like he's been at a funeral more than he does a wedding, which is where he actually was well, this morning. It's blue and navy. It's just that it comes off black on the video. Okay, fair enough. Uh, also, because he was at an early wedding, he's also had a full bottle of wine and some beer. So he's maybe a little on the tipsy side. Uh, in fact, he just made it back in time to actually be here at the start of the podcast. Me and Matt were getting ready to go without him and then letting him jump in like halfway through, not knowing when he was going to appear, but. Here he is. And then he stumbled the, in. The reality <laughs> The reality is I was on the bus home and I was going to message to say, oh, okay, I'm running a bit late, but I fell asleep on the bus. So uh-huh. this is where we are. Passed How'd you do? Out. Passed out. Yeah, yeah. Passed out in a drunken stupor. Tiny bit. Uh-huh. If, we, if he goes up and gets some greasy food, I'm not going to... Blame it. Oh, we're ordering takeaway as soon as we're done. Yeah, here. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he is. All right, so so we have that set up for what is going to probably be one of the meatiest and longest shows we've done in a while because uh, look, I'm fixing his mic. So we have a lot of books this week. Uh, thank, thankful to the event plus a tie-in book being moved forward to this week. Uh, we have thirteen total books. Here's what's going to be discussed on this week's show. We have Dark Knight's Metal number 2, we have Teen Titans number 12, which is part of the uh, the Gotham Resistance crossover, which is a tie-in crossover to Metal. We have Detective Comics 964, we have Action Comics 987, we have Wonder Woman number 30, The Flash number 30, Mr. Miracle number 2, Titans 15, Supergirl 13, Superwoman 14, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 28, New Superman 15, and Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number 14. As if week two wasn't hefty enough without them moving a tie-in. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, 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 it's so cruel. Um, I kind of get it because the other three issues in the, the crossover they wanted to keep in the same week, so Teen Titans was just the easy one to move, but it's still annoying. Um, they could have just started it in a couple of weeks' time, but whatever. Um, so we also have a little bit of news. So I'm going to forgo the normal little small talk, how was your week? Con- Connor's, yeah. Connor's we, We've already said I'm tipsy, yeah. so that's good enough. And Matt's Matt's in a mostly good mood, so we're, we're, we're there. Um, <laughs> so we haven't started reviews yet. Yeah, tr- very true, very true. So, yeah, a little bit of news to start with. Uh, so, we actually did get a couple of meaty things. Um, although, before we get to the actual news about the books, I just wanted to take a moment, because uh, it's actually just the day after we recorded last week that Len Wein uh, passed away at the age of 69. If you don't know who Len Wein is... He was a writer and editor, uh, both at DC and Marvel, for a long time. He's very influential. Uh, he created Wolverine as probably the biggest yeah. character he's created. But in terms of DC, he did create uh, well, Swamp Thing. Yeah, he uh, created Swamp Thing. He also created Lucius Fox. He created Mongol. He created Amanda Waller, or created or co-created, I should specify. Some of these were co-creations with other people, yeah. um, and he, he's created a bunch. But those were the names that stuck out to me when I was looking down the uh, the list. It's not- I really noticed I was on a DC podcast when my first thought was Swamp Thing and how you know both Swamp Thing creators have passed this year, and mm. every and, and then I look at Twitter and everyone's talking about Wolverine. I was like, oh yeah, oh. I'm definitely on a DC podcast. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I mentioned Wolverine first just because it's like the big it's, name. It's but... definitely bigger than Swamp Thing, but it was... Yeah. Swamp he became Thing the, the face of a franchise. Yeah, yeah, but Wolverine became the face of a franchise through the 70s and 80s. Like, mm. you can't... I mean, we had an X-Men movie this year that only featured really him. So you kind of have to, to give that to, to Len. No, I've got to give him to him. No, he, he yeah. created so much. I mean, I think he created Storm as well. Just off, to, off. To, I didn't actually look up the Marvel characters, but I, just from passing knowledge, I think he created Storm. So, you know, that's, that's a lot of noble characters. A lot of smaller ones as well. Yeah. If you go hunting for them, but. Uh, so cool. I feel like in 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 the same way that I feel like gaming in the last couple of years has had like a couple of big deaths. You know, like notable in the sense that they formed what we think of the the medium. I feel like comics has had a few big ones in the last couple of years, in the sense that they've formed yeah. a big couple of characters that have been around long enough that they've had a massive legacy. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a fair comparison. I, th- I think gaming goes one step further in that gaming's so young. I mean, comics is mm. relatively young as well, but gaming is so young that it's literally the, the pioneers of the entire industry that, are, that yeah. you know are, yeah. are going because it's only like you know 30 to 40 years old at most at this point but yeah uh, so now i just want to say you know rest in peace len len ween uh sad news to hear uh just after last week's show but uh so yeah so we'll, we'll get into happier things since connor's drunk i don't think he wants to be talking about sad things <laughs> uh, <laughs> unless you want a sad drunk for the rest of the show no 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 we don't want sad drunk for the rest of the show um, speak for yourself <laughs> so yeah we got some news uh, basically as they always do the solicits are coming next week so because of that we get the sort of the, the standout things that they want us to talk about before the solicits hit the week before so this is stuff that's coming in December um, I'm going to start with what I, th- I would consider the smallest thing, although it's pretty cool we're getting a, a crossover, uh, it's mostly in December, the last issue of it will be in January it's taking place over three weeks uh, it's four issues, but the first two are both in the same day, and it is called Super Sons of Tomorrow, and it is a Superman, Super Sons, and Teen Titans crossover. Uh, Peter Tomasi's writing the whole thing, which makes me think that's why his return to Superman got delayed by a couple of issues, because he was doing yeah. all of this. Uh, makes watching. sense. I think the thing that stuck out to me is it said the Batman of Tomorrow is the one that comes back in time to you know go against John. And then oh, well, Damien sticks up for him. I was going to tell you the uh, the, the description of the thing here. He's, he's, he's got way ahead. You'd almost think I'd already told you the way he went into that there. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah. The Teen Titans confront the following dilemma. Is the life of an innocent child worth more than the lives of millions? The Teen Titans will fall on the side of apprehending Superboy while Robin chooses to stand beside his best friend. That was the overall description. Uh, the, the solicits for the first three issues were all out, but the, the solicit for the first one, uh, which is Superman number 37, um, the Batman of Tomorrow travels to present day to prevent a cataclysmic disaster before it happens, revealing that Superboy will soon be responsible for the death of millions, but Superman will do anything to protect his son. And the Batman of Tomorrow unwavering in his, in his resolve to take down the Boy of Steel. And you were predicting that yeah. the Batman Tomorrow will be Damien. And I can see that twist happening. Yeah, because but... I think one of the solicits mentions that Damien is, you know, is against the, ta- the Teen Titans. He sticks up for him. So it's, it, it just seems really easy. Of course he sticks that... up for himself. Right, right. But it seems really easy Damien that Damien present day sticks up for John, but Batman of Tomorrow is Damien. Yeah, that, that makes some sense. And also, it nicely ties into one of the nightmares that Superman had uh, in the last couple of yeah. weeks mm, uh, about true. John going <laughs> evil. So. No, to be honest, I kind of don't like that. I don't like when they use like 
oh, he's too powerful. Oh, we have to. I'm so glad that we didn't have to de- grow up with Superman. Do you know how many stories we'd have had of this? <laughs> There's some truth there. Nah. I, I do, what I do like about it, though, is that when I heard the, the, the first bit, I went, oh, it's going to be... They think John's going to ruin the world, and they have to like. It was like, why did the Teen Titans just believe it? Why did they go after him? I do like that at least someone from the future comes back, and is like, yeah, he's going to destroy everything. So at least they've got a reason. I'd, I'd like if they believed him more because it was Damien. Yeah. Besides, although I'm, I'm maybe thinking the description here is maybe being a little bit loose with the, the wording. Like it, they're saying, oh, they go against Superboy. They want to take him in, but. Do they actually want to defeat him, or are they just try to like withhold him so that they can like, you know, figure things out and like keep him safe somewhere? Whatever event is supposed to happen, to, yeah, to, you know, like, stop that. So, I, I, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, it'll be three weeks long, and it's Tomasi that's writing the whole thing. So, you know, yeah, I, I have trust that he will yeah. do something. Uh, it, like you say, it's even if it's you don't like it, it's going to be over pretty quick, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's basically it's the last two weeks in December and the first week in January, and that's the whole thing. So, uh, no, cool enough. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so we had uh, two big creative team changes announced this week. Uh, one of them we'd been kind of waiting on in the sense that we knew Sam Humphries was leaving Green Lanterns because he was offered something that he referred to as a dream project. We'd speculated repeatedly. Uh, one of our key speculation uh, ideas was that it was Justice League. In fact, in a weird twist of fate, he's actually taken over Nightwing uh, from issue 35 on, which is especially weird because Tim Seeley is the one taking over Green Lanterns, so they've basically just swapped books. Yeah. Yeah. My one problem with this is what else is Seeley doing? Why couldn't he keep doing Hellblazer? Because he was only doing the one arc and it was announced for that, and then it was like, oh, okay, he might be doing something else. I think, um, does he not have like a, a non-DC book as well coming up? Oh, he might. I, I, I don't pay enough attention. Because, you know, he does his horror books and stuff, so maybe he's just got like a, a creator-owned well, thing that's true. going on at the same time. Um, just speculation, though. So it's uh, Sam Humphries and Bernard Chang will be on Nightwing from issue 35. Um, uh, there's a cover-out for it uh, to look at. Do you want the, uh, the, the description of the, the first issue? Yeah, it's the start of the run. Might as yeah. well. Uh, Nightwing, it's called The Untouchable Hunters. Uh, Nightwing finally feels like he's he's got his life in Bloodhaven under control, but the one thing he hasn't uh, wasn't expecting was for a case for, from his past in Gotham City to read its head here, a murderer he never set his eyes on, but whose unmistakable signature has arrived in his new city. How many people will die before he's stopped this time? Or worse than that, what if Dick can't stop him? Uh, so, yeah, sounds like a fun uh, plot. It's ominous. Do, yeah. do you know, I, I like this, actually. I like the... the because I'm enjoying Silly on Nightwing, but I'm liking that it all feel a little bit different, and I'm liking that Silly will make Green Lanterns feel a little bit different. So you know, it's maybe a nice time to shake them both up just a little bit. I'll be honest, I'm a little torn because Humphreys I don't typically love, and before Green Lanterns, I was kind of like, eh, okay, Humphreys, and then the first arc made me feel more like that. But then he's definitely grown on me over the rest of the run. Yeah, I, th- I think by the end, you know, where we are now in Green Lanterns, he's earned some cred with us. He has, group. but I definitely yeah. prefer Seely. Hmm. Still, though, uh, I don't think any of us will be hesitating to... Oh, definitely give it a good try. Yeah, check out the new run. Uh, and then the other creative team change we got, 
Uh, we did get the announcement on who was on Justice League. It, ha- it just so happened that what we were speculating, we got this, that the same month, but it's something else. And it's something very unexpected. Uh, Christopher Priest is taking over Justice League. Uh, start with Starting with issue 34 uh, in December uh, with artist Pete Woods. Uh, there's a couple of pages up as well, by the way, and it looks pretty good. Just these, these two or three mm. pages to put out for a preview with this is really good. There was no official solicit text yet, uh, but I did take down a quote of something he said in the interview. I think it was CBR who interviewed him about this. Um, My goal was to treat Justice League more like a workplace drama. Uh, Although we will, of course, still have the world threats, nasty villains, including Deathstroke, uh, exclamation point, uh, uh, and and Alien Armadas, uh, the League's greater challenge will be to define their place in this new and increasingly cynical age. I am excited about this. Yeah, I, I read that full interview, and he talked about how he put Deathstroke in a very real-world situation, mm. even though it's still it's still very comic booky. It's full of villains and yeah. stuff over the top, but it's a it's very grounded. And he said he wanted to do the same thing with Justice League. Yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, the pages, which that had no dialogue on them. It was just I don't, I don't know if there will be dialogue on them or if it's just you know if it's yeah, it, look, it looked like an art preview. Yeah, thing. yeah. Um, but I liked the look of what I was seeing. And I'm excited to have a, a really good writer on Justice League. I'm excited that I'm excited about Justice League, if that yeah, makes it, sense. It'll be nice to read that book again. Yeah. Yeah, because when we've seen him write other heroes in Deathstroke, it's been pretty good. Like mm. his, his Superman stuff with the yeah. uh, aircraft carrier. Don't I get me wrong. handled really well. I am glad so, that Dick Grayson is not in this book, though, given his opinion on yeah. Dick Grayson. I'm glad about that. But yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But obviously, he's taking this so as an he actual... he announces that Batman's Dick Grayson, and that's why he's causing all the problems. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. The story is, I think it's called Lost, yeah. is the first arc. Mm. And it's talking, it's about how Batman messes up. Like, something, like, he, he plans for stuff, and it goes wrong. And that's why that what the first arc is about. It's about dealing with Batman's mistake. That's cool. So I think that's, that's, that's really idea. interesting. And obviously, Matt, as an anti-Batman person, will love that. Uh, yeah, I can see him wetting his chops. He's like, um, yeah, Batman. I don't like what Breeze has been doing. Like, just I'm, I'm just my thing with Deathstroke is, oh, you know, Matt's mic's going early this week. It is. Wow. Isn't it? Yeah, that only took 15 minutes. <laughs> the so my my thing with um, Priest though is, I really didn't like the Lazarus contract, and he was responsible for that. So I don't know how he's gonna be. Writing very separate characters, Honestly, considering that, that, defiance, they're all kind of similar, you know. Matt, that, that's a fair point about Lazarus' contract. But my my yeah. sort of optimistic look to that would be, he didn't actually want to do a crossover with that. That was meant to just be a Deathstroke storyline, yeah. and he was kind of forced into it. Where he's taking this job for Justice League, so I would hope right. it's because he's actually enthusiastic and wants to do Justice League. Yeah. So. Right. My my gut says, how much did he actually script of Lazarus, and how much was his right. fault? And it's not like anyone involved in that was necessarily bad either. It's maybe just a clash of styles, him not really having his heart in it, and some of the characters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a pun. Oh yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, but needless to say, it's exciting. It's definitely you know, if nothing else, it will be night and day above uh, the hitch stuff that we've had over the last year. Um, and I'm just ex- I'm excited that it will be Justice League with some weight to it because you know priest, you know, it typically writes things with a bit of weight. Yeah. It's, it's not light and fluffy. Um, mm. and workplace drama given that I'm sick of like everything being like a big world ending okay. event I'm glad that that phrase is there so real quick I read Justice League last week after the oh, after we had recorded sorry sorry first question is why 
Be- because I, I need to know what's going on with, with these kids. <laughs> like, and most of it was talking about the BS that the first arc was about, the Kindred. Okay. And I was just like, Hitch, what are you doing, man? Like, nobody, clearly nobody cares. Well, you, he can't cut his losses, like... Well, one person cares. Hitch cares. <laughs> it, it says a lot that mine and Pete's first reaction to hearing this news there that you just said was, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, as cool as, like, I like seeing, you know, uh, uh, Barry and Jessica dealing with these prospective three children, that's the good part of it. But, like, you have Batman completely removed from it, researching the kindred. And just kind of like, well... Why are you wedging this into the story? So I'm I'm really happy that Priest doesn't take over because at least when he does long term story, you tend to care for it. Like with everything that's happened through Deathstroke, we care about his relationship with Joey and Rose. Yeah, I think Priest can be a bit dense at times. Yeah, but it always pays off. It, it can be, but I'll I'll take dense over to... what Hitch was doing. <laughs> so, you can be dense and it t- waste a lot of time. And yeah. with with Priest, I never feel like my time's wasted with the density. Yeah, of his, I, I always right. enjoy the cipher in his, his, his yeah. book. If, if yeah, and you, you always get the sense that it's going somewhere. Even if you don't mm-hmm. know where, it's, you feel like, oh, this is going to pay off eventually. Yeah, I guess my final point on this would be at least week one won't be as quiet because Justice League's a week one book. So it's also yeah. week three, but week one specifically. D- Deathstroke is as well. So True, true. Yeah. I sense yeah. crossovers with Deathstroke coming he's since sweet. he's on board. Well, <laughs> Well, and he said that Deathstroke's the villain. So whatever happens throughout Defiance... Well, it, I, I don't know if he meant it was the villain at the first, but he, he sort of said that as if, yeah, Deathstroke's going to pop up at some point. Yeah, he yeah. said he's a villain. Yeah. Right. Which what I mean, that goes against what, what he's doing in Defiance. So he's tipping his hand a little, and I like that. Because we all know that for as hard as Deathstroke's trying to be a hero, he can't shake his old ways. Hey, who knows though? Maybe it won't actually be an outright villain if he pops up. Maybe it's like he's still trying to do good, but they think he's the villain, and it's like a case uh-huh. of them Could blaming be. him. And Deathstroke has to prove that he's no. I, I didn't do this bad thing. It was someone else. I, I can see him, you know, doing what he does, billing countries, saving things, but the Justice League don't really trust him. Yeah, because, because, they shouldn't. Yeah. Do you know what I love about that whole billing thing? It just reminds me of that scene in Ghostbusters when Bill Murray whips out the, the bill <laughs> yeah. and then he, he threatens to put the ghost back in the in the, yeah. in the restaurant. And I just, I just I love that. So, okay. yeah, give uh, it. We have another big news. Uh, Do we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was announced for December. We have the return of a fan favorite character. Oh, Matt, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I forgot to put this in. Oh, you're right. Oh, I'm, don't worry. I'm, I, I feel bad. Oh. <laughs> Go on, Matt. Go uh, on. Tell them your good news. Yeah. So in December, we started an arc in Action Comics, written by Jan- Dan Jurgens, about the return of Booster Gold. So, oh, man. Uh, give him a round of yes. applause. Yeah. Uh, of course yeah. Matt is excited about this. I, to, to be I'm, fair, I'm very happy to see his return, but no one is happier yeah. than Matt. Yeah. No, oh, I'm I happy. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not... Booster's <laughs> in, in my top echelon of characters, uh, mostly because of Jurgens. I mean, it's Johns and Jurgens, so... That taught me how to love that hey, little jerk. Maybe that kind of but, pays off. The uh, remember, remember he, he tweeted like a month or two ago that he was drawing yeah. Mr. Gold for something. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, to, to be fair, there is a tweet from like two months ago that pays off finally this week. Which in one? In the box. Uh, I'll get to it when we get to the box. Okay. Spoiler. 
All right, cool, fair, cool. Enough. fair enough. But yeah, but with all the odd stuff and with what we saw in action this week, and we have Lonely Place of Living. That's what it's called, right? The Yeah, the, Tim Drake story. The, yeah, yeah, Tim Drake story. And we're getting into Oz's realm and timey-wimey stuff. It wouldn't be surprised if it spins out from that. Yeah, but probably, I am yeah. now super yeah. looking forward to especially, December. Especially since that will be right after Oz Effect as yeah. well. So yeah, yeah and, it makes sense. and it makes sense because obviously Boosters from the Future, he knows events that have happened, so it would make well, sense. Well, but he's been missing. Like, even throughout Rebirth, he'd been that character. Like They tried to fix it in Convergence, but like everything that touched Convergence, it just made it worse outside of, of John coming out of that. But that was the end. That was Jurgens fixing that with the Lois and Clark mini. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But cool. yeah, so he's been missing since like 2012. And now if, if that had to do with Oz and it's coming off of the hills of he, Doomsday Clock. He was Clock. in the new 52 a little bit, right? He was in Yeah. But he was in, in the Jonah Hex book. Yeah. In, in Convergence, they kind of explained that, that it was two different boosters. It oh, had to deal okay. with two different, with like multiverse of boosters. You can tell I didn't read all of Convergence. <laughs> As well, you shouldn't have. I'm the person that read it, so no one else had to. I, like, I read the I read the first issue and like two of the minis, and I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. So well, I tried to sell it back to my shop, and they gave me a whole <laughs> other set. So don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess for all intents and purposes, then Booster was never in New Fifty Two because it's basically no. been retconned already. So just yeah, yeah, just ignore it. It's fine. Exactly. So. That's why I'm excited to see where it goes. Coming off of Doomsday Clock and what that means. Because uh, we have Johns, of course, dealing with that. And then Jurgens, who I think they've been working pretty close considering the things that happened in Action Comics this week. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Why, why... Booster back. So now I'm one for two. So I'm going to... Yeah, because Marshall Manhunt are still missing, exactly. Uh, you said, oh, I knew you were going to do it. And I was like, <laughs> he's not going to make the same joke twice. And hey, he I never made that on air. I had to do that for the audience, all right? Uh... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Um, all right, so with that said, I think we will spearhead on into books because we have a lot to get through. Because let's just, I want to sum it up before we actually get into the first book. Metal event issue, metal tie in issue, the mm. first part of uh, Oz Effect with the reveal of Mr. Oz, uh, yeah. Mr. Miracle number two. It's a big week, lots of things. Yeah. So, yeah, so without further ado, first book of the week is, of course, Dark Knight's Metal number two. Scott Snyder writing Greg Capullo on art. Um, well, the real Batman, please stand up, is basically what I called this issue. Um, yeah, so I know Matt's not feeling as hot about this one as no. uh, the last. I, I, of I don't year. get it. There's fish jokes. Yeah, well. Yeah, I, yeah. I was. There's also much... a whole lot of because Batman, and upon my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be fair here. So I was super negative on it throughout the whole week, right? Mm-hmm. I read it. I was like, bad taste in my mouth. Don't like a lot of this. A lot of it's good, though. A lot of it bad. Upon the second read-through, pieces come together a lot better. Uh, and it probably helps that I read this one in, in physical. Because, of course, I couldn't wait for metal. So I had to get it digitally first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it helps when you have it in your hand and you're turning the page and you're getting the reveals that way instead of digitally where they all kind of stand alone. But, oh, man, for, for as high as I was on the last issue, this one kind of counterbalanced it. Uh, for for me there's one thing that was maybe a bit cheesy slash on the nose but i had a lot of fun still what batman him yeah that's the one (laughs) also i I get the whole metals thing to be fair to be fair as much as i roll my eyes at batman him right 
I will at least say, at least this feels like they named it specifically because of what it was, what its purpose was for. Because they create this from scratch, like these, the owls, like the court of owls, they created this. So, so you mean you're you're more okay with this than them co-opting the nth metal? Yes, because this was something, not not that was just specifically written for this, but the characters in the story specifically created it because they needed to create the fifth metal for Batman. So they called it, they named it after him. Like, so at least there's context well, okay, for. Okay, it. but so we know that that Barbatos has walked before, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and, and Hawkman sent him back with the mace. Okay. So yes. was the fifth metal that time Hawkmanium? Because <laughs> that would have had to be. Because if they're if they're building the 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 metal around whatever to be, hero to, or oh, to be fair, Matt, displaced. we don't know exa- the exact conditions of how he gets sent back the first time. To be fair. Batman had been in the past, so he'd always been in the past, so that always happened. That leads me to one of my uh, points, actually. I feel much mm-hmm. better about this thing. Oh, it's been targeting Batman since the dawn of time because they've thoroughly set it in the idea that it's only been the dawn of time because Batman went back in time. And it's been yeah. because he went back in time that this thing's been trying to chase him since he then. Drew the seen him. Yeah. Yeah, post final crisis and the Morrison stuff, which yeah. I liked it. That's what Snyder's building on. The him wedging metal into it so much, but those are the parts of his run that I like the least. Like when we get to the Dionysium and then the Prometheum, which I, I, I do that. respect that uh, that Snyder's whole run feels relevant, like from the metals to the owls to even just you know the the, the face changing, uh, you know the the. I the like mask. that. Yeah, yeah, that was fine because yeah. at first I had an issue with all the the Bat family, but of course they would show up for. Oh no, him. I thought that was super fun. Oh. That was yeah, whole, yeah, yeah. I was way uh, into that. But then I was like, well, how do they look? Because they said that you know. Uh, Babs was there, and and Kate was there, and then you see Dick change the his face with yeah. Uh, but just yeah, just, to, just, just to set up what's happening there. Uh, so the Justice League have been looking for Batman because uh, he's you know he's up to stuff and like he seems to be the target for Barbados and whatever's coming and everything else. And they're looking for him. They think they found him. And we cut. And Damien's basically Damien's basically driving this giant truck. Right, it was, it was the, the, the the bat hog, I believe it was called. Bat hog, yeah. yeah. But it was giving me some like Mad Max Fury Road kind of vibes. The way he was like at this big truck, um, and like Wonder Woman's like Robin, pull over now, and she's like, I'm already like winning. I'm a bat hog. Yeah, yeah. She says there's no winning here. And she's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm 13 years old and driving a bat hog. I'm already winning. Yeah, but so so yeah, they have this whole thing where they're chasing the different Batman, and then we see Dick use the, the face technology, and it's actually him yeah. underneath. And you know, because Cyborg points it out, he's like, I, you know, I've worked through the program, and I, I see you, uh, Nightwing, and we see him turn right. it off, and it's like, okay, that's why they all physically look like Batman because they're, they're all using right. this tech. But I love the, the the double swerve because you think it's Batman in the truck, and they, you know, Superman and Wonder Woman get to him. And Superman punches through. And you're like, what the hell, Superman? You can't just punch through Batman like that. That's super. Is he been mind controlled? Is something? What's going on here? And then you turn the page, and it was Clayface. And I'm like, son of a bitch, except, you got me. Yeah, except that the whole time Superman's going, no, I know his heartbeat. I know his heartbeat. I know his heartbeat. Yeah, they explain and then that. He, I know. And then he punches through, and Batman's made a bat responsometer that mimics his heartbeat, and so. Clayface did such a good job at tricking Superman that he was Batman. The only way for him to figure it out was to punch him through the chest and see if 
no, 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 Matt, 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 you're not. Of Clayface. Yeah. yeah, no, Matt, you're misunderstanding here. He didn't punch him through the chest to find out. He punched him through the chest because he knew it was Clayface. Yeah. See, it's, I still don't like that. that. That panel of, you know, Superman with his fist coming yeah. out of the back of Batman, that's the panel that was tweeted by uh, Guardian yeah. like two months ago that yeah. was the spoiler. And it was like, what the hell is going on in Matt? And, yeah. and I hated it then, and I hated it now. Nah, see, Matt, I, 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 I completely disagree with this complaint because it's clearly, to me, it's clear he does this because he knows it's Clayface, he knows it's not a big deal, um, and that, that he figures it out because those are the two heartbeats. It's, you know, yeah. to me, it's, it's straightforward. I, I was really um, cautious about it when I saw the just the panel out of context. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on here? This 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 might make me hate whatever this event is. But in context, no, I'm fine with it. Yeah, he, he doesn't punch him to find out. He already knows that's why he punches him. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought that was a good reveal. I was like, man, you, you swerved me again, you sons of bitches. Um, look at Matt, he's looking for evidence. He wants to fight. I am looking for evidence. Yeah, because he punches him through, and then he comes up. Like, it, it does his eyes narrow, and then he punches him. And then when you when it does the reveal that it's Clayface, he's like more damn tricks. Come yeah, on, Batman. I, I still don't like it. I just, yeah, nah, still don't. <laughs> I don't like the bat. I don't like the bat response meter either. Just it's like, come on. I, I'll like... tell you what I do genuinely love is the panel that it reveals it's Clayface after the punch through the through the chest. Wonder Woman looking through. With all, yeah, you got Wonder Woman just yeah. looking through at Superman. Like what the yeah. hell? Are you yeah, because she's not figured it out. He has, yeah. And that's, it's yeah. fun moments like that. And, uh, and Swamp, Swamp Thing shows up. He's, he's pissed that they're all in the green, causing chaos. As, uh, as da- DSX Swamp Thing. Yeah. Wait, how do I make that work? That, I mean, that's what Swamp Thing usually is, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, dear. But yeah, I was just like, from where it left us last time with Dream, I figured we'd get a little more, and then it just jumps right on in. To the Amazon, well, Superman in space, and seeing all the, the bat flipping, all the metal making bat symbols throughout the world. That was another was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, this is what I'm in for. Yeah, I don't really get why you have a problem with any of that though. Obviously, it does jump ahead in time. I, which I don't have a problem with either. I, I, I assume whatever he's been told will, you know, will come up. We'll, we'll get more of that down the line. So, the thing I did appreciate on the second time through is Batman's the just like in Snyder's run as a whole he's his own worst enemy it's him trying to get out of these things that creates these things you know it's it's kind of what created the joker out of the red hood gang yeah batman is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah, yeah. well that's, that's, and, the, that's the thing here he basically yeah. walks right into the the trap the right he thinks he's going to fix it because basically his plan is he pulls out baby dark side and he's like oh, i'm going God. to use i'm going to use the omega beams to go back in time and fix all this and by the way i was getting some uh Oh, I don't even want to say because it's spoilers for the show, but there's a show that was on recently and this was making me think of it. Um, uh, you know what it is, Connor. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm too tipsy to think oh, of fair it. enough. But, <laughs> so, he's like, I'll raise the Omega Beams and go back and do all, do all this. And he's like, yeah, but you'll be erased. And like, you know what, that's fine, but you look after my family. <laughs> and Batman's ready to go all, all sacrifice on it uh, when the Barbatos messengers show up and then the the court will show up and it's like yeah we got the one last metal it's time for you to go spills on him it's the fifth metal he's got the other four in his system already from the previous events from Snyder's run that we, we talked about and 
he basically he goes all cosmic. It's like a really weird effect where if you look at his actual yeah. figure, you see like stars and stuff through his like yeah. sort of shape, which is kind of cool. Um, and that's where the dark Batman all appear. We get that big double page spread. Uh, you know, Batman yeah, who laughs. He's got his Jokers in the chains. All the other ones are standing around. The Robins. Robins. Oh, so Robins, yeah. What did I say? Which, Jokers. You said Jokers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Which uh, they heal. So they're all saying crow. Mm. And they heal when he says bar, which I like. Wow, Snyder, you're yeah. dark. Yeah, that's, that's pretty dark. Um, and then you, you have the, you know, so Wonder Woman and Superman who are there, they're like, no, we've beaten gods and monsters before, we'll beat you. And then, again, the lettering's completely different. Like, the lettering on this is like this big like, pink lettering mm-hmm. that says, because I let you. You know, Barbados, you know, responding to him. And then he, like, does something to Superman and yeah, Wonder he, Woman. he says, welcome to the dark, and yeah. then shocks them. Like lightning shocks them. Yeah, because this is literally the Bat God. This is what I hate in Batman comics, represented like in form. Wait, why does like, this bother you now? Like we knew this was coming. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't bother me because it's not Batman that's the Bat God. It's you know that no, bothers me when Batman is just treated as like oh he can do anything. The, but. but right, it's it's the concept of the Bat God, and I hope that's what Sanders going for because he's talked about writing against that. Uh, against the back god where he can kind of do anything, although towards the end of his last run, he kind of fell into that a little bit. I mean, so, it seems to me the back god is a completely different entity for Snyder that is an mm-hmm. enemy of the Batman. That's, and that's what I'm saying. That's where I hope that he's going, you know what I mean, with it, because I can really, me, I can appreciate that part of it, but I just didn't... I knew we couldn't have Superman and Wonder Woman in this event, right? Because... Of reasons, I just didn't like how easily they were taken out. Like, I don't know. I mean, well, I, it depends how you look at it, because you're like, oh, if he can just do this, this is how dangerous he is. So yeah, but he also brought. He's been chasing uh, Batman through time. We know the stakes are there, and he he has these evil, dark I mean, Batman. I, 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 mean, I think you know? the point is now he has physical form in this world. He's much what stronger. He He's unleashed yeah. on this world. And and like Pete mentioned about the lettering, the because I let you and things like that, they're not even in a speech bubble. They just encompass the panel. Yeah, it's just giant letters. Um, yeah. it's, ba- it's basically the, the 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 equivalent of Winter's coming. Like Winter's came. This is Winter. This is Barbados. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, that <laughs> yeah, but, we know, but we know how to kill the Night's King because it was set up. Matt, no, Matt, that was the extent of my Game of Thrones referencing. I don't understand what you just said in response. Shut up. Don't worry. Connor got it. Uh, <laughs> I did. People that watch Game of Thrones will get it. So. Which is most people, to be fair. Yeah. But it's it was like, you know, you know when it gets to the double-page spread where all the other, the evil Batman, oh, that was cool. the, the dark like... Batman are there. Oh, yeah, I like the, the ending a lot. Right, the, the, the Barbados text, the look around. Mm. All the other Batman, they're in text bubbles. They're still in the in in the the circles, but the look around just is like, no, that's just at the top of the page. That takes precedence. It's just more important. It just takes over whatever it is. Yeah. This also begs the question: if this is the Judas tribe, right, and this is what they're working to, then the other tribes must have similar forces, right? Is is that going to be the key? Because we skipped over that meeting that Kendra had. So she goes to the lava thing, which that was pretty dope. Yeah, she goes uh, to meet the, like the immortals. The Legion of Villains. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's from the Justice Friends, or the mm. Super Friends, uh, and clearly hanging up behind them are all the symbols of the tribes, and we find out that a lot of these immortals are descendants from those first tribes, which I thought was cool. 
uh, and that's where she talks with Roz, and basically it's like, oh no, he has let himself right into a trap. I, th- I thought it was a nice touch that Roz is kind of humbled in their presence. He was like, yeah. yeah, look, I know I'm like one of the youngest here, yeah. but <laughs> hear me out. Yeah. Not, not a common which feeling like for, for Raz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is cool because it shows his maturity kind of as a villain that way. That he, in the grand scheme of things, he has a plan. But here, they're, they are trying to save. Like, he can't save this Earth if the multiverse is all do, jacked up. Do you know what I liked as well? You know? Simple thing in the lettering for the, uh, you know what, Joe and like Batman and uh, Superman and Wonder Woman kind of like start to realize they're in the wrong tomb. Like they've been tricked. And it's a different tomb, and it's it sort of cracked. Yeah, yeah. it cracks and it, it reveals the name of the actual tomb they're in. Um, like I like that. That was a nice, simple little touch as well. Mm. Um, no, I mean I don't know. if... I think I probably still preferred the first issue a little bit. Um, yeah. but I yeah, had but a to lot. To be of... fair, the first issue had a Justice League Megazord. It did, but I did like. I liked the the whole, you know, all the Batman's and like the the, the, the try, try basically Batman try to throw the team off so he can do what he's going to do. Uh, I, I like. I thought that was that was pretty fun, and then the, the the last the ending, which is basically the last whole chunk of the book in this tomb, leading to all the evil Batman and mm. sort of the, the the presence that the evil Batman and Barbados have. Uh, I, mm. I like all that quite a bit. Yeah, and and again, Kendra's meeting there with the other immortals. I think we've overlooked that bit. There's a lot yeah, of information in there. Yeah, like them talking about the, the astral brain of the Antimonor, and they want to find that, fire that at the the Rock of Eternity. Yeah, that's how they, that's how they want to beat this. Yeah, just fi- fire the the brain. Yeah, yeah. And they're all down know. for it. And Kendra's like, no. Remember, Carter said we probably shouldn't mix antimatter with dark matter. Like that's bad news. Yeah, so... it sounds like the, you know Batman might have walked into a trap, but they might accidentally just break the entire multiverse. For the sounds of it. Right. Yeah, it's 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 pretty heavy, it, all this stuff. Which, do you it, think it, that's where this is going? Like, since Crisis, we've always had the... Well, so, Crisis ended the Infinite Earth and gave us a singular Earth again. And then Infinite Crisis brought the multiverse back. And here, we talked about that the multiverse has a dark underside on the back of the map. Do we think that this is going to break the multiverse by the end? Mm, possibly um, I, I because think this is for all intents and purposes this is the dark crisis like oh it is and i think it's, it's worth not overlooking doomsday clock because obviously this kind of plays into it a little bit it mentions the hand that created the multiverse you know at the start of the universe krona looked back and he saw the right, hand and that's and the point of that story is the fact that by krona going back he's the one that causes entropy within the universe like that's an old dc comics right but the the implication is that the hand is right yeah. his curiosity is what causes everything else going forward so you create that oros boros of the snake eating its tail yeah. just like batman you know he's causing Always his own problems batman, by, yeah. by trying to, to fix him himself i don't uh, and now we know that he's going back to uh the dark multiverse right like, because he swap places. I mean, yeah, I, feel, I, 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 I feel like ramifications from metal. I don't think it's going to completely alter like continuity. And anyway, I feel like if anything's going to happen like that, it'll be the end of Doomsday Clock in a year. Like you know, that'll that'll be when those big ramifications. But clearly, we know we're getting all these dark matter books that are coming out. This new line of books, right? So, so right. clearly, like I, I don't know if they're going to necessarily wipe out the dark multiverse or. If it's going to like be integrated into the multiverse right. or or something like that, I could see something like that happening. 
Yeah, I think it's safe to say this isn't as big as Doomsday Clock, but it definitely has a place within the DCU. Oh, it's, it's definitely yeah. big. It's just Doomsday Clock is, by its nature, just bigger. Yeah. So the fact that it's been written by Jeff Johns, who's the CCO and, like, the, the story keeper here, mm. and this is, like, all from his... Like, how do we fix DC? And it led to Rebirth and whatnot. The fact that he's coming out of a type of retirement to write this 12 issue... I mean, even, like, even just ignoring that, just the fact that this is the... Doomsday Clock is the, the promised story of the Rebirth one-shot. That's, that's, you know, that's what we've been building right. up Yeah, that's, that's the follow-up to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, nah. So, I think that is the bigger thing, but it, this, this does feel impressively big, and it feels dark. It feels like a dark cosmic threat has shown up. And, and I have to say, I'm impressed by how fun it feels, despite it, like, you feel the stakes. It's got, like, you know, like you say, it's big, it's dark. But it still feels like a lot of fun. I, yeah, I agree. So far, it has been fun. Like, you just... say that, but I say baby dark side. And it's like... <laughs> I get uh, it. I'll admit, it took me back a little bit when he whipped out baby dark side. I was it, not prepared. It, 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 it was a, you know, a moment, for sure. <laughs> that said, I'm not totally against it, is all I'm saying. Well, no. like, it made me remember that dark side war was still a thing that happened in this universe. Like, he didn't... Because it feels like everything from that got forgotten, and but <laughs> now that we need it, Snyder can can pluck from what he needs, and yeah, that's fine. You do remember though that our next Wonder Woman arc is also pulling from Darkseid War. Uh, I have to say, I right. kind of appreciate it. like the new Fifty Two wasn't good, obviously, but they didn't wipe it. So I think better than just ignoring it is taking things and making them better. So it it feels better in retrospect. But had had I known yeah, I mean, that he was going to use the Omega beams. Like, it would have been a little bit of a setup instead of just, boom, baby dark side from nowhere. Like, he pulls he, him out of that bag. He literally pulls him out of a bag. Yeah. 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 Like, no, I'll admit, he does kind of pull him out of almost nowhere. I mean, the setup that yeah. he's got this bag on, but other than that, it does kind of feel like... Uh, yeah. Like, he, I just would have liked to be reminded of it. That's all. No, that's like, fair. Like, even a mention of Grail. Like, I need to find Grail. And people that didn't read the Dark Side War would be like, oh, is that a kind of weapon? Right, right, that's it, because Grail is only mentioned after the baby Darkseid, where like, Grail's going to be coming for him. Right, mm. who's Darkseid's daughter, for those that didn't read Darkseid War. But kind uh, of his right. mother in, in now, because she's yeah. raising him. Right. Let's not get into the... the, the... Da- Darkseid got confusing, didn't he? Let's not yeah. get into the semantics of... Uh, well, Darkseid was. <laughs> no, Darkseid is. No, Darkseid was. He's a baby. Da- Darkseid will... B. There you go. Yeah, I'll <laughs> All um, right, cool. Just, so, the, the issue I liked more than that is the tie-in. Whoa, so, I'm not done, Matt. Oh, damn it. I, I <laughs> move things way. forward, thank you very much. Uh, Cheeky son of a bitch, <laughs> right? No, I just, I wanted to reiterate just on something Connor said uh, about it, it using all the stuff from Batman's, uh, from Snyder's Batman run, right? And like all the all the metals sort of building up, so you know you had the one from the Court of Owls, then you had the one from uh, uh, what was that arc? Endgame. Endgame. Yeah, two of them. Yeah, Dionysium, and then the stupid Prometheum, yeah. and then Nth Metal because why not? Uh, so and now Batmanium. So the point I was wanting to get at though is because I I hate that machine with a passion. That 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 you need bring both. back Batman machine. I absolutely despise that goddamn thing. I think it's stupid. I think it's. Uh, just silly. I, I, I'm just not. I don't want anything to do with it. But I do kind of at least appreciate using the entire run in some way. Admittedly, 
this is the last I want to hear of it. Right? Mm. It had some metal in it that, you know, led to this. Fine, right? I never want to hear about it again. Don't bring it up. I will say, just on the idea of the run being relevant, I feel like, you know, in, in the art sense, obviously... You have Capullo, but the colors feel like you know when they changed the colors uh, from zero year onwards. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and it got like oh, suddenly you got all these bright, vibrant purples, purples yeah. and that really feels like it's showcased in this issue. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Also, also, my favorite panel in this is where Batman and Superman are arguing, and Batman is like, "I'm talking about heavy metal." Like, I just want that out of context to use for everything. <laughs> like. Because it sounds like he's proselytizing about Iron Maiden. He's like, definitely just been to a gig and he's like yeah. really high on it. He's like, I'm talking about heavy metal, Superman. Yeah, I, li- I like that I pulled him up a minute ago for trying to move on before I was ready. And then he comes up with yeah. a completely new point to make after that. Well, that was just the, a thing that I remembered. I looked down to my notes and we skipped over it. and mm-hmm. that, that, yeah. That's Matt for you. Yeah. Although yeah. it's weird for Matt to have notes. That's yeah. a bit weird. He, he came so much today. just upset me. I was so excited for this too, and then I was just like, uh, uh, you, "You don't seem that uh, upset." I know you really. Don't. Oh. You've got a couple of weird anti-Batman oh. nitpicks, which we've just kind of poo-pooed yeah. away because they deserve to be yeah. poo-pooed away. Like, but... no, no, like, I get it. Like <laughs> Batmanium is kind of stupid and ridiculous. Oh, it is. Yeah, whatever. I'll go with it. Like I say, in context, at least it kind of works. But the main parts of the issue, though, the, the, all the fun stuff with the Batman at the start. Um, and then the the build up and reveal of the, the evil Batman and Barbados loved all that stuff. So Let's be I'm, honest, I'm still it on board. Didn't do enough continuity like I wanted it to, like the first issue did. So you know, yeah, we all know there, was, the... there wasn't a reference to something from 20 years ago. Matt's the, like the resident continuity wonk. Like I loved when they went to the Immortals, and like it was the the Legion of Supervillains, you know, head that rose up out of the. I, I did the like that they were in, in the volcano. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that was that was real cool. Like I liked. That like you're talking about the fun, so you know more, more of it's not coming. bad. I wouldn't I wouldn't call this issue bad. It's not a bad issue. I just That's there's things up. that irked me. Yeah. All right. Well, with that said, I think we can move on to Teen Titans number twelve. Uh, oh, this by, one was good. Written by Benjamin Percy, uh, art by Mirka Andolfo. Uh, so this is the first in the four part Gotham Resistance storyline. Um, so despite what Connor said last week, there was a little note at the start of this issue telling you to go read Metal Issue 2 before you read Look, this. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I accept that it does say that, but the, the set list slash reading order does have this before Issue 2. Do you know what? I, I, I checked, and you're right, it does. That said, yeah. you're still wrong. They messed so... up. No, no, I'm not wrong. <laughs> They're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They messed up because you couldn't have read this without having read Metal and know what the hell's going on. I mean, theoretically, you could have. But it makes for a better read. Yeah. How do you know that the the Batman who laughs, or is it just the man who laughs? The Batman, Batman who laughs? laughs. Yeah, knowing that he's out there with his evil Robins and you know causing chaos. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's after that that issue because yeah. he's around. So you have to have had their entrance before you get. To yeah, this. like you, yep. you kind of get it from context because we knew what was coming. So it's like okay, if he didn't read Mel for whatever stupid reason, you'd just know. But. It'd be weird. You, yeah. you probably should have read it. So so basically this is revolving around the idea of the, the mountain that has appeared. Challenger Mountain, which has yeah. appeared in Gotham City. Uh, we start with the Teen Titans going there to like help out and save people and whatnot. Oh, um, that's but, what heroes do. But very quickly, um, like there's, a, there's this maze. But we also get some stuff with the villains at the start. We, we see the Batman Who Laughs appear to the Riddler. Mm. And 
basically like, give him some power and like you know go and do your thing Riddler go do this and we see that he's also given some power to Mr. Freeze Poison Ivy Bane um, and it's basically created like a almost like a circular like, there's like a you know outer rim yeah the outer rim is Riddler he's the first sort of yeah. level and it's almost like Dante's circles of hell like going that, through that, these... that's what I was going to reference yeah. like, I like that Green yeah. Arrow's involved with this because it feels like the circles of hell and obviously yeah, yeah. Green Arrow's been playing on that for the last year or so. So basically, uh, the Teen Titans stay behind with Goliath to rescue people. Because the city's in chaos, so they're running around saving people, doing all that kind of thing. But Damien's like, I need to deal with this. So he walks into the the, the actual labyrinth itself, the maze that's set up by Riddler, his domain. And he starts to try and, you know, he gets caught in some traps. He tries to figure things out. Green Arrow... You know, gets him out of a jam. You know, helps you know the old the old rope he's, arrow. He's such a little jerk to to Ollie, and I love it. Yeah, I, I, I love how similar him rescuing him is similar to you know the the issue of Green Arrow where he's in Gotham with, with Batman. With Batman, yeah. Yep. Um, I also love it takes about maybe a page and a half before he's like, you know what, you remind me of my sister Emmy because we've been saying that. Oh, I love we've that. been saying that all year and a half. We've been saying that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, she should join the Teen Titans. Yeah, she should. Well, Percy writes both, so why not? Yeah, like he's going to, yeah. He's, and, and Green Arrow's going to once a month, so soon. I, I, I do wonder if that is him going, yeah, this is going to happen. I'm going to seed it here. Yeah. So it seems yeah. like it's, you know, because obviously, like you say, he's writing both, so it feels natural when it does happen. Planting the seed. Yeah. That's all it is. Planting and, the seed. And we, I've enjoyed his Damien, so his Damien bouncing off his Ollie, they're the perfect foils for each other. Because... Mm. They're not the same person, but they're very similar because they both have this chip on their shoulder because of who their dad is. They're both very brash, aren't they? Yeah, Mm. and and so yeah, this you remind me of someone you guys would get along real well. I mean, that's almost him talking about himself too. Yeah. So, uh, so so they're looking through the maze. Uh, They'll try to find the center to like advance and you know find Riddler or whatever. Um, but they they basically keep getting lost and eventually they, they they get attacked and. Who who shows up to save them but Harley Quinn and Killer Croc? Why not? Uh, Why not? Uh, as Harley puts it, Gotham's our home territory. If anyone's going to cause chaos here, it'll be us. God damn it! Uh, yeah. Like it's it's kind of stupid, and like you say, it's like oh okay, it's Harley and Croc, but I'm kind of okay with it because it's kind of fun. Oh, I'm I'm more than okay with it because in if I'm thinking like using the Suicide Squad, of course Waller's going to send someone to figure out what's going on with this mountain. And why not two people that know Gotham better than anybody? Also, it is worth it just for the because Green Arrow mentioned to Damien that he's been leaving arrows up in the walls to like mark <laughs> where he's been. And as soon as like Harley and Croc come in, they deal with the enemy, and then she yeah. comes up to Green Arrow. Hey, I've been picking up all these Green Arrows you've been leaving behind. I thought you'd lost them. Uh, yeah, it's just a good moment. And he, he face palms, which is just you know yeah. a really good bit of the art. Uh, and Adolfo's mm-hmm. good again. It's very expressive. It's very similar to uh, the art that's been in Teen Titans up until now. Yep. Um, uh, I, so. I really like Andolfo. I was enjoying him on the first half of the current Wonder Woman arc. Yes, uh, I, I think it's a like I say, very expressive, kind of cartoony, but that works for Teen Titans. Oh, it does because yeah. it, it showcases the youth. But a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Now, luckily, uh, Harley and Croc had already found the center of the maze, but they were too dumb to figure out the riddle. Uh, so. They go together. Uh, Riddler's a little bit pissed that they're kind of cheating because, like, they've they've teamed up into a foursome. Yeah, because they found... So, Damien and Green Arrow can figure out the riddle but can't figure out the maze. 
but Harley and Crack can figure out the maze, but I'll figure out the Do you like about that? I like the idea that because Harley's like kind of crazy, that for some reason her mm-hmm. brain can just it can yeah. work with the maze, like it just understands it mm-hmm. in a way that yeah. everyone else just can't comprehend. I kind of like that. Right. That's kind of a nice idea. Uh, so Damien, of course, uh, insists that he's the smart one, so he figures out the riddle, which he does. To be fair, as they're all fighting yeah. this giant robot thing, Minotaur. Yeah, that Riddler's got uh, stationed, um, and then Riddler's very pissed. And it, it, it cuts to actually uh, the Batman who laughs. Uh, sort of, you know, he's up in like sort of this mountain, looking down. He's, he's got his robins, and he's like, "Ah, Edward Nigma, you just had to put in a solution." Like, you know, he he just wanted them to, yep. you know, be horrible and kill them or whatever. Yeah, but... and, and we get a reveal of the the main Robin. Yeah, there's a yep. sort of Damien esque Robin who's uh, his favourite. I mean, I, I, it's kind of terrifying. Oh, well, it's pretty yeah, terrifying. Kind of. It's very terrifying. It's, it's Damien in white paint with like the smile and. Do you know what it is? You know, you know the, the, the R logo on the chest? The red behind it looks like it's a, a tattoo of like a rose sort of thing. Hmm. And it's got this kind of terrifying, you know, like, like again, very metal sort of tattoo sort of thing that's going on. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. So they get through into the next sector, as it were. And I'm, I'm kind of loving this. I'm loving this in a kind of almost uh, Running Man-esque sort of movie mm-hmm. kind of way, where it's like, you know, it's almost like going through like a, a series of stages. Um... So they're in the, the Mr. Freeze section because it's all snow, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And this is where we end the issue. We end with this cliffhanger of like something's chasing someone and for Damien's like, is that, is that Batman? Is that far? Because actually the mention, actually Green Arrow mentions he's there because Superman and Wonder Woman have also disappeared. Like the big three have disappeared. Uh, yeah. And I like that that's why there's still these characters that are dealing with this. Like, you know, the Trinity's missing. Yeah, it, it, it kind of reminds me of 52. A little bit. In, in the sense that, you know, okay, the big ones are missing everyone else feels like they need to step up. Yeah, and I wonder then if the, the other, uh, the Justice League crossover we're getting in another month or two's time, I wonder if that's like Flash, Green, Ar- Green Lanterns and that, and what they're doing at the same time. Mm, kind of I idea. see it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he's like, oh, is, that, is that father? And then it's like, no, it's Nightwing, and his metal outfit, might I add. He's got this yep. metal attire. Um, yeah, and we've seen some covers coming up from Sejic that are mm. just gorgeous. Uh, I think um, Matt thought they were Ribbit covers at very at first yeah. when he first saw them, and they do have that quality to them, and they're just incredible. Well, that's that's why Ribbit does a great Thor because it's very metal, like yeah. old like metal cover, and I think Cedric does the same, has the same vibe. It's, just... it's I'd never associated them until you said that, and then it's like oh yeah, I can see the similarities. Ribbit and Cedric's just a, quite a good double act sounding name, isn't it? It yeah. is, isn't it? Rubik and Sajik. I think they're from the same area of the world, too. So, like... Yeah, they both sound you know. like they're from a similar language. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, like, it's a, probably a cultural... That's why it, it bleeds over. But, yeah, those those covers, I really thought, were Rubik. Because Rubik had came... He did a, uh, a Wonder Woman one not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, he did a few variants, hasn't he? Yeah, because mm. I picked that one up for sure. Because it looked dope. Yeah, so so yeah, we end with Nightwing running out, and that's like you know come back next week. So yeah, next week we have a Nightwing, the Nightwing issue of this crossover, and oh. we have the first of the uh, the uh, the one shots for the, the evil Batman. Uh, I'll tell you mm-hmm. then which one it is because I don't remember off the top of my head. But <laughs> Red Death, Red is Red Death first. Um, yes. So yeah, so so we have some metal stuff every week now for the next little while, uh, thanks to yeah. the one shots and the crossover. So. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, I, I thought this was a fun, fun part one. Uh, I, I think it's more of a... I, I don't think it has the sort of the big like uh, cosmic dark threat threat to it, but Batman Who Laughs is pretty creepy. 
and yeah. I, I enjoy the fun of the it's almost like a video game they've got the stages and each one's like a completely different world they're in. yeah i think percy gets it he gets you know that circles of hell the the advancement yeah it's something he's been playing with green arrow he's just transferred yeah. to here for the crossover it works really well and there's that sense of fun that there is there, too. there is it's fun like you say i think that kind of hopefully should permeate the whole event of metal where yeah, yeah there's big stakes but it's fun because it's metal and and if you're not gonna do make it fun and you make it dark like you do with the with the dark Batman one shots. Yeah. Like if you're gonna make something dark, make those dark. And like yeah. Yeah. And, and and also the most important thing, we're gonna get Fariah drawing the man who the, the Batman who laughs. Yeah. That should that should be nice. Um so I will say I, I preferred the Metal Two over Teen Titans twelve, but I liked them both quite a bit. Uh I was saying that because Matt made it very clear that he preferred Teen Titans. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to think very hard about it come the end of this episode. Well, given we have some... Usually that's where you go to Connor, shut up. Yeah. Connor, keep talking. Yeah. You know, so, given we have 13 total books, the top fives at the end will actually be quite meaningful. So we'll see how we get through uh, the rest of these. So that'll take us on to uh, some regular books. So starting with Detective Comics 964, James Tenney and the Fourth. Uh, and Christopher Sebola on writing, and Carmen Nunez Carnero on art. Um, now, man, I thought this was an emotional gut punch of an issue in a number yep. of ways. Uh, Just before we get to the actual issue, I was a little surprised, because I thought this whole, you know, the underground stuff was done already. Like, I thought we were like, okay, that... No, we talked about this last week. I know, but I, for some reason in my mind, I was like, oh, this is done. He just showed her this place last week. We just found out about it. I know. I don't know why my mind was so insistent that we're done. So when I opened it and I was like, "Oh, it's this stuff," I was yeah. kind of surprised. So, so we had two oh. main plots going on here. We had we had two, and both of them were gut punches. And uh, we'll start with Clayface because um, I think the, the other one leads into the next story a bit yeah. more. But Clayface is with uh, he's in his human form, and he's with he's with Mudface at Arkham, and. He's there to visit her, and he's like they're reminiscing over old times. You know, they're, they're joking about how they were working with this director in a movie, and he was such a drunk fool. They basically had to fix the script and take all the responsibility on themselves. And he tells the and story. It was terrible, still. It's still like, terrible, yeah. But they, 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 they had a fun time, and that was the the point as they bonded yeah. over luck. We, you know, we've fixing all been a bad there. Thing. We have yeah. all we have all been there. Um, but the he. The the <laughs> Excuse me. Um, huh. <laughs> <laughs> so he he's but, he but he's basically there to tell her look we might have a cure I'm working with this doctor she might be able to figure this out and I can leave Clayface behind everything will be fine but then she's like look even if you aren't Clayface anymore I still have the memory of you holding me under chemicals and turning me into this like no matter what you look like no matter who you are tomorrow you're still a monster inside and I'm like, oh man, that was that cut deep. And then it cuts to Clayface on his and, own. And you're like, no wonder Clayface is a villain. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Si- he's sitting there, he's moping, and then and then you know he's got this little hologram like uh, phone on his wrist, and Cass appears, uh, you know, kind of kind of Star Wars style, and is like, yeah. and she's like, oh, how did it go? You know, cheer up. And it's like, man. she says, uh, be, be brave, believe in you, make yeah. life better. Her, her, their relationship has become such a, a good heart to this book. I. I it's kind of like Wolverine and Kitty Pride in the X-Men, where you had this mm. really gruff guy and then this super bright-eyed, hopeful, and they, they bleed into each other, you know? And it, yeah, they, I, they help each other out. 
No, I uh, this was this was tu- this was already touching. We're already we're just you know a few pages into the issue, and it was already hit me with these gut punches, and yeah. I was so into it. And Clayface gets angry. He goes in. He demands his his uh, his you know bracelet back that puts him back into human form. He can't take it anymore. And he gets angry. He gets monstrous. He starts wrecking the place. He starts getting upset. Yep. And eventually, like you know, Cast shows up, and I love that her appearance. He, he just feels like the knife's going at the back, and then he turns around, mm-hmm. and it's Cast that's there, and. She's, you know, yep. fighting him, and she she basically, you know, gets the bracelet on him by force, yep. and uh, you know, he, you know, he's he's a wreck, he's upset, and she, well, yeah, because he wasn't wearing it because the the doctor was like, you, we need to, we need to do this in steps, and you need to start being clayface more. You don't need that bracelet. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You've become see too how remote. see how long we can go. Test the limits. Yeah, and yeah. he he. he and then, he gets proper proper much. You no, know, he gets all spiky and everything, and he's like proper rawr and yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. So he's villain Clayface. He's not the fun Basil Clayface. I, mean, I, I just, I just someone take that out of context. Just Peter going proper rawr. <laughs> proper rawr. <laughs> that, that could be used for a number of occasions. I think and, you'll find. And yeah, and Doctor, it's Doctor October, right? Uh, uh, yeah, whatever her name lady. is, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Great names. We have Doctor yeah. Veritas and Supergirl, and then yeah. Doctor Doctor October and Detective, but. Even at the end, she's like, "Okay, well, we gotta learn our limits here. Like this, yeah. this was on me. This yeah. was on me." But yeah, the the stuff with Cass and Clayface and her, I thought was really fun, and it's it's what Tinian is doing so well. Yeah, yeah by juggling it's, it's these when, characters. It's when Cass shows up in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and it's it's you really suddenly like the the emotion suddenly there because obviously yeah. you know Clayface is going after the Doctor. It's like, okay, okay, I get yeah. it. And then Cass is there. It's like, oh, suddenly this means something. Yeah, because he's at his worst, and she's witnessing it, and they mean something to each other. So it means something to us. It's like, oh no, this has consequences. But she's still yep. trying to like root for him. She's still telling him to like calm down. She's still and, and it's, doing it's it for when, him. It's when she calls him Basil, not Clayface. Yeah, yeah. That's um, the one that got well, me. It's family. You know, you yeah. see the worst in each other, but you're still there at the end of the day, and someone can always rein you back in. Exactly. You so, know, there's people that care about you. Super touching stuff, and then likewise the Steph stuff. Um, it's not as strong initially, but it gets to great places uh, later on. So she's down in this underground city with Anarchy, and he's like, oh, this and that, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Harper's down there. Harper's already down there helping out. That one got stuff. me. Well, Leslie Tompkins, too. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't expecting those. No, yeah. and so they come in, and, and Harper's like, oh, that thing I've been talking about for the electrical system, we've done it here, and it works. Like, I can't wait to do more of this, and it's really a utopia and mm. you kind of start to think like, Oh, anarchy's onto something. Like maybe it's not about chaos. It's about order and, and people are responsible for themselves. It, it gives, but of course that, it that gives them some legitimacy, doesn't it? Because you've got Leslie Tompkins yeah. and Harper and it gives it, even though I'm still expecting them to turn out to be an evil scumbag and sure enough, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't take very long yeah, to yeah, find out. People that we trust that are there yeah. as well, that are on board with this. That, well, that's what got me. And he's talking like how they, they bring in, professors and they loop through and and school's not mandatory but people show up and it's it's a positive environment for everybody and it's kind of it sold me on it and i was like oh yeah he's not this guy like it's just a front and then you start seeing him talking to steph the way that he is and it's just like oh that that's not gonna yeah. fight with her t- t- takes her inside mm-hmm. and kind of you know and end up kissing and you feel a little bit sick you're like oh no steph what are you doing and Sure enough, she pushes him out, pushes him away, and it's like, okay, right, she's she's not completely gone crazy. This is good, um, and it's actually just after this where suddenly Batman like appears. Yeah. He's like, he's but lying. Just at the end of last, yeah, we've uh, seen him issue. watching. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we knew he was like in pursuit. We, we knew he was watching, but in this issue, 
Uh, we hadn't seen him yet, so it was like suddenly just uh, Batman. Suddenly Batman needs to be the new meme, where yeah. it's just a gif of nothing, and then boom, suddenly Batman. It's it's the reverse of, you know, when Batman just vanishes from a yeah. conversation? Yeah. You just need Batman just showing up. Yeah, because that's batman in out of a scene. This is suddenly Batman. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he shows up, and he's like, here, this is him. He, he worked with the first victim from the Victim Syndicate. And I'm oh, okay, we're tying into other, other arcs yeah. in the story. This is cool. This is like... Um, and it's like, oh, we're all part of the Victim Syndicate. Everyone who's like in the city is part of that syndicate, essentially, is what his point is, uh, including you, Steph. And, but obviously, Steph's like, wait, this asshole poisoned me. What, you worked with him? Yeah. Why, how did I ever trust you? Um, and Anarchy gets violent. He starts to fight. And I love the moment where Steph's like, hey, Batman, no. This is my fight. Don't you dare. Yeah. Um, and he does eventually intervene because she gets kind of tied up and he just kind of like, yeah. okay, t- it's time to do it. But because... she, she's still the one that takes out anarchy because she saw his strengths and mm. all his little gizmos and she destroys those. But I liked how what drove her over the edge was the way that anarchy was talking down to her. Yeah. And it was just like, no, you, you don't know any better. You got to follow me because I'm the one. And that's kind of her issues with Batman is she, Batman's not listening to her. Because clearly there's a problem, and she's trying to fix that problem, and that's yeah. you know. So had had it gone the other way, she just would have fallen with anarchy. It would have felt like a tragedy. But here it feels like yeah, get him, Steph. Like you're your own woman, you do things your way. And ultimately, we know she's going to eventually come back round. But I so yeah. in terms of getting to the emotion though, here at the end, so so they, they get out of the tunnel and they they get anarchy. He's, he's captured, yeah. and Batman's like, I need to talk to you, Steph. It's important. And she's like, no, I can't right now. And she leaves. She walks over. And he's like, and it's, it's that way he quietly just says it after she's already away. It's like, Steph, it's about Tim. He's alive. It's, you know. And, and, and oh, you man. get the sense that even though you can't see her, she heard it. She knows now. Yeah. I, I don't know. Did she hear it? I'm not convinced. I like to think she did, but it's it's like the end of Inception. I, 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 I don't think she did. It's better for the story. Because for, for me, it's better for the story if she didn't. Because like he says it because he wants to tell her, but she's not giving him the chance to do it. Because I still think that come next arc, when she does find out, when she sees him or however, you know, however she learns it, you know, um, yeah. and it could be just that you know he walks in the room because you know, maybe she's out of the story until he, he's back. Um, but I could see that being like a really big. For me, it was like she heard, but she doesn't want to listen to Batman because she doesn't trust yeah. him. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to know what he says, but she heard it anyway, and it's going to be sitting in her mind and waiting I, there. I don't, I'm going to look at this page again because I think the text is even smaller to imply that he says it quietly. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's a, a little smaller, yeah. It's like a defeated thing where he knows like she's already left, so he just says it quietly. It's kind of a defeated little last moment for himself. I like to think that it's loud enough for Anarchy to hear and he's like, who's Tim? Yeah, I, I think for me it's the fact that, you know, the, the rocks in the foreground, away from where Batman's facing, they're purple, so it's kind of, that to me is saying, no, Steph's still there in some respect. That purple is signifying that to me. Yeah, that's that's a good pick up, Connor. I didn't realise that till just now. Um, okay, fair point. I'm Why else camp- make purple? I am in the camp she didn't hear, but it's not a big deal either way. Uh, yeah, no. exactly. I'm not. If if it turns out she didn't, I'm not going to be like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, you know, I'm not, not going to complain about it. I'll just get on with the story and enjoy it where it goes. I mean, I might rub it in a little bit because uh, I, because I, of course you would. Yeah. I, don't, I don't rub it in with Matt, but with, with Connor, I'll, I'll rub it in. You, you you take every opportunity. <laughs> uh, so we have one more emotional moment with uh, Cass and Clayface. Where uh, Clayface says, I'm still a monster, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he's like, you know, you don't know what I'm inside. And Cass says, same as me. And then he breaks down and hugs her. And again, if you just want to hit me in the feels, 
which is all, it's all this issue is. It's you know Steph almost hearing about Tim, Batman being you know you know rare for Batman. He's clearly emotionally sad. He's in a sad when he's, well, Batman's yeah. always sad, but he usually channels it into an anger. Exactly. Whereas this is more of an actual upset Batman. And then you've got casting Clayface, touching moments, and then yeah, we we get the first victim back in back in the game. He's in Arkham and. Uh, you know, he seems to be be behind a lot of this stuff, and Anarchy like tells him about Steph that she's not on board, and well, it's almost time for whatever his end game is or whatever's happening soon. So yeah, clone cl- the phone. And uh, first victim, I've I've always liked his look, so I'm glad he's uh he's back in. I, I think there's there's a few things in this you like. I I never thought I'd care that much about Cass and Clayface, like just. You know, just you, you say no that, but god damn, that is the soul of the book, like you say. And then on top of that, you've got him playing into the entire run of, you know, like the, the first victim stuff. It's like, okay, everything feels important again, and there's a real heart to it. And I'm kind of, even though I've been enjoying it and it's been like one of the best books, I'm still surprised by when this all comes back up. I think because it is building upon itself, and it has, it's got to a point now where it's got a lot of... Because even though we cared about a lot of these characters, it's making me care about a character that I really didn't before in Clayface. His relationship with Cass is really sweet. It's building on all the stuff it's done before, and it's adding all this emotion, and it's getting to the point where it's getting better and better because of the fact that it's just it's building on itself. And you know when we see the full thing as a whole, however long it ends up being this run, it's going to be like, okay this giant story that did actually sort of take all the things that he'd been doing. Because we, we also know that the colony's coming back with Batwoman and all this future thing we've been hinted at and with, stuff. Yeah, yeah with Tim. Like, yeah. It, so. It's the idea of, you know, like certain sitcoms when there's in-jokes that at first they're not really that funny, but by the time you're five seasons in, they're hilarious because they keep making them funnier every time it's brought mm-hmm. up. It's the same here that, okay, now the first victim's brought up again. It's like, okay, this is more important. It, it suddenly get, it gets depth every time you bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, no, uh, great issue of Detective. Mm. <laughs> you know, in a, in a packed week it stood out, so credit credit to Tynan, uh, really good. Uh, so that'll take us on to Action Comics 987, another big book, because this, of course, is the first part of the Oz Effect story, um, which we've been waiting for. Um, so... I mean, do we want to start with the identity of Mr. Oz and then talk about the actual story, or...? Let, let, let's build to it. Let's build to it, there's... okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, so... I'm kind of mixed on this issue. You're mixed. Just get that out of the way. Like, I, 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 like... I really enjoyed it. I quite liked it. Yeah, I, I like the Oz stuff itself, and I, can, and I do like, the you know, the Superman stuff, you know, the way it's portrayed, the dialogue. I like all of that stuff individually but as a story i'm not sure it comes together for me like as a part of a story actually just uh i, I didn't tell you who who did it first um uh, dan jorgen's <laughs> writing and uh i actually still have rob williams down from the last issue that's my bad um no. but uh dan jorgen's and victor uh bogdanovich uh, on the art which uh, by the way i actually thought oh this looks a lot like new superman that's because it's the artist too we it knew was. yeah we knew his new yeah. superman for which, a long time i didn't realize he has a very capullo vibe until i read someone online say Did that uh, like, see, you say that, but I don't know if it's just the fact that it's Glapian on inks. That's that's what I was just going to say. Mm. Is on my second read through, I realized Glapian's on inks, but I think it's the clean style, the way that he draws Superman. Uh, I really love Capullo Superman. I have yeah. since Endgame. And that's it. So, I don't know how much of that is Bogdanovich or if it's Glapian yeah. just kind of cleaning it up in the, the inks. Possibly. Yeah. So, 
so the main story here is uh, Mr. Oz is of course behind it. We see him. He's, he's with Metallo. He's like he's like pissed. Metallo is using kryptonite. Like using a part of his yeah. planet against him. You'll never do that again. Like you know, kind of <laughs> the themes of who he is. But basically, he's watching all these monitors as he's been doing, and there's all these events that are all building up. We see Superman save this uh, truck full of medication. Uh, which he then delivers himself to this this small village somewhere uh, who's in need of medication. So that that's the part of Superman's writing I really like the idea that you know he's still Superman. He takes his time out mm. of the day to deal with this. Was kind of a small issue in the sense that okay, it's just a truck. Yeah, so you've got that. You know, he saves this Maggie Sawyer's there. She's explaining that you oh. know if the, if the water gets into the truck, it'll ruin the the medication and blah blah blah. Because she's getting on the cop for escalating where he didn't need to. He's like, right. yeah, but he was stealing the truck, and she's like, yeah, but in in metropolis we take care of each other like it's not and i like that because she's worked in both gotham and yeah that's in metropolis um, you know so basically there's all these events that in some way have been influenced by oz we don't really get to see what how influenced but we don't need to it's just the idea that he's set all these events in motion yep. and it's a bunch of different things the the, med- the village that got the medication there's some militia who look they're going to go in and like ruin it and steal it um, and so they can people. sell it on the black market. Uh, there's a hunter yeah. about to kill a rhino for for its horn, just for the horn. Yeah, yeah. there's a uh, some nut job who wants to kill some uh, immigrants in the U.S. because they've taken jobs. There's uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting one, but like, it was a whole bunch of like just really evil things, like all these. And, it's, yeah, and, and it was all humanity based stuff. This yeah, is all yeah. stuff that, that's the other that happens point, in yeah. the real world, and that's part of part of Oz's take is humanity is this pity group of beings it's, that yeah, only the, care about themselves. Humanity is kind of a, a scourge on the planet, isn't it? Yeah, because that, yeah, that, that, right it, from the start of the issue, he sets up the idea yeah. that he's going to show Superman that this planet and these people don't deserve him yeah. for what he does. So yeah. so it, it's building up and it's doing all that. And, um, you know, we, we see after he, he takes the medication, Superman goes back to the planet. John's there. He's like, hanging out of the planet because the you know their new apartment's getting ready or whatever. Painted. Yeah. yeah. Um and you know, there's some stuff with Steve, he's like trying to like force something to take a jersey with his name on it. <laughs> to be it's fair, like, he yeah. offers them free tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah to, which this is something if DC does ever listen to this, guys, I need a Metropolis Meteors hat. I'll wear it every week. <laughs> like I've always wanted in universe sports team gear. Like Gotham Knights that, or that, Yeah, that might be the only way you could get me to wear a sports jersey. <laughs> Yeah, well, just not even. I mean, a Metropolis Meteor is like football team hat or whatever their basketball team and stuff. Where it's this is I I did a lot of research years ago and found out what the teams were. In, of course you did. In, <laughs> so you know, uh, but yeah, but I like that Lombard's like, yeah, yeah, I can get you a, a vintage jersey. That's what all the kids like, right? <laughs> like he doesn't even know because he's so self-absorbed and. He's kind of what Oz is talking about, but in the most innocent way. Yeah, it, it's know, kind of like it's it's nice the way he's still being nice. But he's like, yeah. Yeah, I'll get you tickets. I'll get you a jersey. He's like I say, he's self-absorbed, but he's still giving the kid something. It's all about him. Yeah, and exactly. And that's I love Lombard when he's written like that. Yeah. Just, he's this big lunkhead that covers sports because that's all he knows. Yeah. So. Um, all this stuff basically happens at once. Oh, there's an oil tanker, and the, the yeah, the yeah, that's the other two things. There's an oil tanker where the the captain and the crew are basically just drinking on yep. the job because they don't care. So, oh, we deserve a break, and of course they're going to crash the oil tanker. And then there's some evil businessman running a sweatshop for pennies. Uh, so that, this is all the evil things that are happening yep. all all in the one go. Um, and 
all happens. Superman, like, at first he goes to one of them and he, he just about saves the day there, but you know, he gets to the tanker too late and you know, he does save the immigrants, which by the way, we should probably stop and talk about the controversy yeah. of this page from this week. Because yeah, people are idiots and can't... Because Fox News put out a, <sighs> an article about this because I didn't of, see this. Did you not I'm, see this? Oh, yeah, no, you're going to love to hear about this, Connor. Basically, yeah. they put an article complaining that in the new issue of Action Comics, Superman protects illegal immigrants from a, a patriotic US you know, resident. Who was trying to gun them down? Yes. Let's not... Act of, act of terrorism, right? So... <laughs> you might not agree with their immigration status, okay? Personally, I don't believe human beings can be illegal, right? Unless it's a product of, like, science fiction... Frankenstein BS, okay? But, but, like, you can you can have your issues with people coming to this not not in the best of ways. Right. That doesn't mean they deserve to be but shot. Here, here, that, that, that's it. I get take, taking politics out of it. I get if, if you, okay, they're illegal, you want them to go through the yeah. system. Fair enough. Shouldn't be murdered. Right. Right. But don't, exactly. don't shoot them. Yes. Like, that's something bad guys do in movies. And then you're going to complain when Superman does the most Superman action of all, where he flies in front of a group of people and becomes a human shield, a Kryptonian shield, because he's not human. But I'm getting worked up. Same difference. And um, here's, here's the other thing. They actually, this is one of the, I'm maybe paraphrasing because obviously I don't have it in front of me, but one of, the, one of the, the really sarcastic lines, do you remember when Superman stood for truth, justice, and the American way? And yeah. now he's protecting illegals? And I'm like, first of all, Superman is an immigrant to the entire planet. So shut up. Uh, <laughs> Secondly, and and it were second, those principles that turned him into Superman. Uh, and also, he is a, an illegal immigrant to America because he doesn't he didn't have papers. He didn't get a visa. He oh. just he just rocked up one day. <laughs> doesn't have and a visa for still, anywhere, really. But well, yeah. No. But the point is, still, it was America. Yeah, he still used you know what the Kents taught him to become the best of what America can offer. And that is, if you see people getting gunned down and you can stop I it, just, I, no matter their status, I can't believe person. anyone read this issue. Because the, the asshole with the gun is clearly the villain in this scene. Not even, it's not now, even a question. It didn't help that it was very heavy-handed. I'm going to put this on on, on art and, okay, and Jurgens a little bit. Because it was cartoonish. But it was cartoonish to prove the point. Because the dude's yeah. wearing a, a USA flag bandana as he's doing this, and he's doing this South Park here. They stole our jobs. To the point, yeah. though, that right now in this country, this is something that's going around in the news, and it's just like, again, what, however Joe, you Joe feel. Joe, I think happened. I think he was maybe oh. he, he had a, a late night drinking with uh, Ben Percy, and yeah. he took <laughs> some, some hints from him about being on the nose about political well, that, events. That's it. And, throw it in all this stuff's been going on in in green arrow for months now and no one says anything the moment you inject it into superman where this is a create a character created to prop up the lower classes right well, like that's it it's because it's because superman is the image of america in in many ways and and i and again i'm gonna put this on on frank miller for making him the in dark knight returns for making him the government stooge you know, and that's oh, where a lot of people think. I, that's where a lot of people sign. That's where he's. No, no. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I think Superman's his. The colors of his suit are the American colors. There, he 
he is America to all intents and purposes. Yeah, I'm not putting any of this on the the whole his portrayal in uh, Dark Knight Returns. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I I, I don't think if that never existed, I think the same ideas of Fox News would make the same article. That, I, I I just think it's it's just I don't know it's my, my, just moronic, isn't it? It is. The final point I want to make in this before we move on, I just want to say, to go back to that line, do you remember when he stood for truth, justice, and the American way? I just want to point out that famous image that everyone always brings up from a a comic from the 50s where Superman's telling kids that to be American is to be inclusive of everyone. You know, he's telling people not to be racist and so on. And it's like, he was always this way. You're deluded if you think he was never the one protecting everyone. And and, and that's it. It's not necessarily... A, uh, an American to be against illegal immigration because there is a point, you know, like there is a political argument for that, and yeah. that's not what this is about. This this no. point of the story isn't about whether they're illegal or not. It's about don't gun down people. <laughs> yeah, it's that simple. That's, it's that easy. It. Yeah, this wasn't and, Superman intercepting the dude's phone call to the government, being like, "Hey, I think my employer is hiring immigrants that aren't legal like, here." Maybe you guys should look at it. And Superman goes and crushes his phone. It's like not on my watch. <laughs> yeah, that'd be like, different. There's, there's an argument to say, yeah. oh, this guy should have reported them to the government. Should have gone through the systems. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We don't actually know if they are illegal. He just has a pinion. He could just be but assuming that. Right. And exactly. that, that's a whole other thing. And and the fact that they're working in, you know, the they're the company shutting down the plant to hire the immigrants because they'll work for cheaper, which is another political discussion. And that's why he lost his job, but he's blaming the immigrants for taking the job. Yeah, I, I just, so it's I, like, I just want to say, like, if 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 you have a problem with this, if you agree with everything this article says, and you say you're a Superman fan, you're not. You don't understand them. No. You don't understand the character. It's it's like uh, people who are racist or homophobic who are really big X Men fans. I don't get you. Yeah. How how yeah. how. You should probably stop listening to this podcast, really. <laughs> like if, if, you, if you if you really agree that Superman shouldn't have saved them and they should have gu- and that oh. guy should have gunned them down, yeah. Because we see in this, th- that's why this sticks out too. Is oh. he couldn't stop a lot of the other stuff. He couldn't stop the oil tanker. He was too late. I, I, I noticed the oil tanker was uh, stag oil. Stag oil, yeah. Nice touch. What? I'm not. I'm not following the stag oil. Sa- Simon Stag. No, you're, you're, no, no, another big, you know, evil businessman in 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 DC. I'm drawing a blank. Not here. ringing a bell to me. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Okay, okay. I I thought Matt at least would know. No, because the guy the guy that's driving says that Lex Oil keeps him away from his family. That's why he's drinking. So yeah, yeah but you can see it. It, it says Stag Oil. I know inside. Stag Oil. So I just thought oh, yeah. it was like a. Well, go anyways. on then, Connor. Who's no. Stag? Oh no! It's, like I said, it's just a, it's just another big you know evil businessman in it, oh, okay. off, off, often in Gotham and stuff. He's a foil for Bruce Wayne a lot of the time. Okay. Well, oh, to be fair, anyways, but yeah, so it familiar. This stands but... out. Yeah. yeah, this stands out because it's the one Superman could stop. It was the one that he was closest to. And, and to be fair, does, it's the and... one he should have stuck. It's the one. Well, yeah. arguably the village it's... as well, but this was presumably closer because it was in the U.S. Because it's... the village was in whatever country. Exactly. And then the village one leads to a bigger thing because not only do the rebels come in and, and kill the village because of the, the medicine he dropped off, but then that government that's fighting the war against the rebels starts firing on the village too. Yeah, because there's, so a, there's just, a survivor. There's, a, there's one survivor who's yeah. still breathing and he's like, oh, what happened? I'm going to get you to safety. And just as that moment hits, the, the, the military fire rockets into the town and it kills her. I mean, yeah. he tries to shield her, but it doesn't work. You know, it's all the flames kill her. Yeah. And... He's like, you fired on your own people, why? 
it got dark as shit, wow, quite frankly. Dude. Everything with this village was dark as hell. In in the way that Bogdanovich draws Superman's expressions here, where he's just he looks frustrated. Oh, he's angry. Like yeah. why frustrated, is all this happening? Angry. Yeah. And he shows them all, and it's just, it's really great. And he doesn't even make his eyes red, which is, you know, one of my no, go-to favorite the, things. There's that great panel where, just before the last page, when he faces up with Oz in the fire and the smoke, and it yeah. does the, the shot in on his eyes, and he's just, you yeah. can see the, the irritation. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's great. No, that's, that's, that's cool. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's of course he's a uh, you know why would you do this and that's when Oz shows up says because they're yeah. whatever evil they're this is what they are this is their nature, uh, and he transports them to the Fortress of Solitude, uh, where he's like this is where he kind of drops his hints he's like ah oh, you know I sent you to the wrong place and he's like wait what what do you mean by that you poss- wait, you can't huh? possibly mean and then yeah. final big page, I am Jor El, <laughs> basically right. And you look behind him over his shoulder, and there's the statue mm. of Jarrell. Nice touch. Holding things up. Yeah, nice touch. good touch. So, we kind of saw this coming because DC kind of spoiled it a little with cover reveals. Variant covers, yeah, that make this really obvious. Yeah. That now, said, it didn't make it any less impactful. No, that's true. I, I think this, this completely works. I said this a while ago that we had a lot of guesses. This wasn't necessarily one of my favorite guesses. But I said it wouldn't bother me because there's a lot of dramatic possibilities from it. That's it. It's one of those where I don't love it necessarily, but it makes sense. I'm willing to see where the story goes. I'm okay with it. I'm not opposed to it. And I'm honestly not ruling out that this is actually going to have a swerve. Now, here's here's my take on this. And this is why I read it twice. (laughs) So when he goes, we we saw him deal with Lex last time, right? Yeah. And he kind of disassembles him and kind of reads him the riot act on, you're not a hero, you'll always just be Lex Luthor. And then we saw the heat vision. And I was like, okay, so he's Kryptonian or something equivalent. Yeah. So here, the first time we see him, he's with Metallo, and he's removing the Kryptonite. And he's fine, yeah. And he says his planet, right? Not our planet. Now, that could be that they're just holding it, right? Because they don't want to give anything away too soon. In the issue, I've I've heard other people say that it's because he don't want to give it away to Metallo, but he's depowering Metallo as it is. So what would it matter, you know, if he yeah. tipped his yeah. hand there? For, for me, it was the way that he's kind of there's no reaction to the Kryptonite. Yeah, he doesn't even that, flinch. He exactly. doesn't even yeah. Uh-uh. And and again, like you say, it could be that he's covering. They're playing it like you know, DC are playing it close to the chest. They want to re- mm-hmm. hold the reveal, so they're like, okay, let's just have him. You know, pretend he but, can just. But it feels like a hint. It feels off. like he's not really. Yeah. At the very least, he's maybe a Kryptonian from another universe, and because it's not a different because, universe. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we there's 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 precedence for this, like in Infinite Crisis, where Earth One Kryptonite didn't affect Earth Two Superman. Mm. Right. That's why he was so powerful. Nice pull. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and same with with Prime, right? And. Superboy Prime, nothing. That's why he was so powerful and so unstoppable. Is nothing on this planet could stop him until Connor Kent and him duked it out at the at the Crisis Tower. That's not how I remember. I just remember him killing over and dying at one point. Yeah, okay, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So this makes me think that we know that this comes into Doomsday Clock. We know that that's playing with the Watchmen and their their whole dark take. On on the real world, right? Everything's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, pessimistic, hmm. right? 
Like superheroes would actually ruin the earth, not make it a better place. It kind of makes me think this might be Joel Prime, and that ah, I can see something's it. gotten lost because you know it, he was sent to our Earth, and that's where Watchmen was supposed to happen. And this is him trying to prevent that from happening. And so even though he calls Clark at the end, his son and I sent you, I think that's just more of an, in every single universe, Krypton explodes. Yeah, right? he, he, he has done that, but this isn't actually necessarily his Clark. Or at least his, exactly. And maybe, does, does he know he's not in his own universe if he, if he isn't? Mm, right, and that's it. Maybe that's why he's outside of, out of time. And that's why Manhattan can't really yeah. affect him. Matt, Matt's kind of you know, playing by Doctor Who rules of, you know, there's a fixed point in time, which is Krypton explodes is a fixed point. It can't be changed regardless. It always happens. Well, that, that's also from Booster Gold is is times like concrete. Once something happens, it's a key point, like Barbara Gordon ending up in the wheelchair. He tries to go back Booster numerous times to stop the Joker and gets beat every time. And Rip Hunter explains to him, it's like, that's, that's set in concrete. You can't change that. You can change stuff going forward from that point. This is kind of amusing, this conversation, when the plot of the new Krypton show is that someone's going back to Terminator, like, assassinate the, the Jor-El line so that Superman will never happen. Uh, and Adam Strange and Hawkwoman go back in time to help uh, Clark's grandfather on Krypton to stop it. I just want to point out, point out that, of course, Matt put that into Booster Gold terms. Of course he did, yeah. Do- you Doctor know what? Who it's Dan Jurgens, man. Like, <laughs> come on. So th- this guy knows time travel because of Booster and Rip Hunter and whatnot. He also knows Superman. This is a guy that killed Superman, uh, yes, for Christ's sakes. Yes, uh, you know? So there's so much at play here. And at first I was like, ah, oh, Jarrell. We want like, the, the least cool of our guesses. But the more I look into it and try to pick it apart, the more I like it. And there's so much more to dig into here. Like, I can't wait for two weeks from now. I like it. I, I like that his whole thing is to try and proving that, that humanity is not worth it. And he set up all these things. Because right. as much as he's sort of influenced this so it all happens at the one time, none of the events on their own are actually, you know, unbelievable. They're all things that happen sometimes. Right. And, and- but this is where my problem kind of comes from with the issue is like I like everything that Oz does, everything that Oz says. I like the Superman, you know, like, you know, dealing with the medicine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But as a part of it, just as a, as a story beat, other than the reveal and you know, like the the character stuff, like, I don't think this is much for plot. This issue, there's kind of nothing to it. I see. Oh, 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 Matt, change. Matt, Matt, uh, Matt. Mike, Jesus, that hurt. Much. <laughs> There you go. You're back. You're uh, back. So the one thing I would change is I would maybe one of those disasters not happen because Joel Oz makes it that he's – it's a choice. He just presented them with a choice. They made the choice to do bad things, and that's why they're not worthy. Mm. But I would have liked to see just maybe one one of those, like the guy choosing not to shoot the rhino, right? Like, or – Yeah, or, or maybe even if he introduced another couple on the monitor that don't happen. And that would be yeah. like the. Maybe the yeah, and then, even if we don't really see them in the plot, we at least see them that that humanity isn't all awful. Which I mean, and, that that could still be revealed, I suppose, at some point that there was actually a much more like there was more set up that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superman wouldn't even like, hear about them, would he? Like you know, like no. yeah, they wouldn't no, have. they didn't need him. Yeah. And that's that's what I want Superman on the next issue to to look at him and go, no, you're wrong. Look at all the good mankind's capable of. Like look at all the things they don't respond to. I think, I'm there as I, a catch-all, not as a catch-all, but as a assist. I, th- I think the shock of Jor-El <laughs> is going yeah. to like overtake 
that sort of debate at first, and then you know, okay, not the next issue, but yeah, future issues. But he'll get he'll get pushed, and he'll he'll keep pushing his agenda on him, and eventually Superman obviously will, you know, maybe he will be maybe he'll doubt more than he's ever doubted before because it's coming yeah. from Joel. But obviously, ultimately, we expect Superman to be like, no, humanity is worth saving. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, yeah they, you know, yeah, exactly. and this puts up a battle between the Kents and the Els. You know, because this is yeah, this is biological father, but like he really didn't have any hand yeah. raising him. Yeah, it raises you know? nature versus nurture, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I like I like a lot that this is presenting, and I'm glad it's happening in the pages of Superman. Like it's this is type of big reveal kind of I've been wanting for a while. That feels it's that's not just you know mm. as as much as I've liked like the Zod arc and some of the other stuff that's happened in action. This is finally the one that has some meat to it. I, I do think action's been kind of flagging for a little while. Yeah, like I've kind of enjoyed it still. Like you say, like the Zod art was fun, but it's it's been lacking something that makes it go okay. This is its purpose in rebirth. Yeah, right. Hmm. Yeah, I've been having fun. I've had that. I mean, honestly, recently it's been better than Superman. Well, no, uh, no, it has. But at least Superman, yeah. even when it wasn't as good, I get its purpose is to showcase John and and the family. Yeah, like Whereas, this is Superman reacting to having a son. Action. Yeah. Hasn't has just kind of been okay. It's a Superman story, which well, has yeah. been good, they're, they're enjoyable, good but it hasn't had a purpose. But I think I, I think were... that is the purpose, though. Like he's fighting villains like Zod and Metal, and these characters are popping up. That you know, because you, you him, want a book that's bringing up all these. Lex yeah, Lex, guys. yeah, that that was good too. But I would never say it was like it didn't have the meat to it. I feel like this does. Oh sure, know? yeah. Obviously, Oz effect was always going to be the most. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely the biggest thing it's done since since the, the first one. Probably James the Day. rebirth issue. Reborn, uh, I think, I think, arguably. Uh, yeah. Okay, reborn. I'm I'm kind of forgetting that because it was a crossover. Yeah, but you know, so it was, wasn't entirely in this book. But yeah, but that that I mean, so it was all okay. built up in this book, though. Here's with fake Clark. So if this is regular Jor-El, how did he have? How did he keep Mixapidlick there? Like. Was he just that? Oh, it's a good question. Why is Jorel that powerful? Yeah, like this opens a whole new thing. And with with Tim, why is he keeping Tim there? Because he knows Tim would figure things out. Yes, he sees a lot of himself in Tim. At that point, becomes less a question of how is he keeping them there, but why? How does he know that he needs to keep Tim off the table? Well, yeah, but I think the 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 why is he so powerful is a very good question, which that then begs like okay. Is he just a regular Jor-El? Surely there's more to it. If it is, if it is this Jor-El from this universe, then he must have went through something that gave him even more power than Superman has. You know, really? uh, so I, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm sure we'll we'll we'll, we'll get there. All right, that'll take us on to Wonder Woman number thirty. Shia Fintana writing, David Messina on art. So this wrapped up this five issue arc uh, by Fontana. Thank the patrons. Man, I don't get it. I love this issue. I yeah, I'll love it. I think it's the second weakest of the arc, but I, I don't feel Matt's disdain for it either. I, I'm not sure why he's so strong against it. <laughs> Just didn't like it. Uh, yeah. I wasn't here to talk about the issue at 29. Was that the... the last one? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I liked. I liked her fighting all of those yeah. uh, bounty hunters. I, I, that was pretty cool. I thought three and four uh, were. Well, I say three and four, you know what I mean. I mean, the top yeah. four issues, yeah. Uh, three and four I thought were really strong. And I thought the first one was pretty strong. Two, I really didn't like. This one is not as bad as two, but I do think it's, it's close. A, I think it's cl- clunkier. It rushes through some of it, which feels a bit weird. 
Um, and it does it does mostly sort of tie into a lot of what issue two was. You know, it was mostly what issue two set up that this brought back for, up again. For me, this makes issue two better because it takes the same you know thematic ideas, but it improves upon them, and it makes issue two feel more relevant in the overall arc. Okay, okay. So basically, this issue, Wonder Woman's at this place. She's, she's agreed to go to this this guy who put the hit on her because he wants her blood, and she's basically agreeing to go along with it, but. Almost immediately, he basically admits, yeah, I mean, we make cure things, but really we just want to make super soldiers with your blood. So, uh, you know, here, here's my team of super soldiers who've already like been made from some of the blood we've already got from you, uh, you know, from the doctor, because she was working for him. And she disagrees, they fight. Uh, Steve and Etta show up, they help fight a bit. I, I will say, Steve looks crazy young in this issue. He does a bit, does a bit. Yeah. Um... And yeah, one of the soldiers kind of like believes in Wonder Woman, so she kind of turns sides, um, and they fight a bit. Etta's got grenades, and action ensues. And I, I think my favorite thing about this is that again, going back to to Rocket's one is the way way the the lasso is used in interesting ways. The way it forces them to, you know, it, it makes the blood become pure again because it's like the idea that mm. the truth of them the is why. is yeah the the reality of their yeah, blood is humanity. Fine. And I, I really like that. I just, I felt like it introduced its ideas and then wrapped them up really quickly. Like, you know, it, it didn't even try to, pre- you know, the bad guy didn't even try to pretend that he was still trying to heal people from... That's fair. I think it could have done with another issue yeah. for the arc overall in that sense. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that. Um, and then everything gets wrapped up. I, I guess the important things at the end is, you know, I like the scene at the end when she's with the kid, you know, or, you know, Etta's niece, and they have that sweet yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, the, the main thing going forward, though, that might be brought back up is that the, the guy... You think he's been arrested, but it's actually two of his uh, agents who take him away, and they say, "Oh, we are in charge now, and we want to be super powered again." So it seems like they're going to pop back up at some point. It feels like they've been left hanging for a reason. It does, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd I'd be okay if Shea Fontana comes back at some point. I, I kind of it, it's going to be a weird complaint considering you don't have one Wonder Woman book, but if like this is a Sensation Comics storyline, like I think I would have liked it a little more. Just because it, it feels like it's fleshing out her. I, I get her what you're saying. Supporting. What seeing is we only have the one book. I know. Then, then so I said it was gonna be weird. I had a preamble. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I didn't hate it. Like, because I, I hated the second issue. I hated the whole like, Doctor Hulking up thing. I thought that was really stupid. Uh, th- this was a bit better. It just it felt rushed to me, which was my biggest problem with it. And as a result, it felt kind of clunky. I had a couple of good little moments. I really liked. Uh, like, you know, the, the one soldier who turned to the good side and she's like, you know, yeah. I wanted to be a hero like you and, you know, what can I do now? And Wonder Woman says, you can be a hero, but you're not going to do it as, like, some knockoff Wonder Woman. Or, you're not going to do it as a superhero. You're going to do it as you, whatever her name was. But you're going to do it as you. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was a silhouette panel. It looked quite nice. It was, the, the, the point was getting across quite well. So I had some good little moments like that. The ideas weren't terrible. It just it felt too rushed to me to really hit home. I agree. No, that's fair. Any more points? <laughs> uh, I really like the art again. I think uh, I think Messina's Wonder Woman's really really strong. It is good. I I, I did prefer the previous artist though, uh, Andolfo from yeah. the earlier issues. Who, of course, yeah. we just saw on Teen Titans. Which, which is why, I, yeah, which I, is why I, he's agree. Done I, I think there, there's better. a sense of motion to Andolfo's art that we even saw on Teen Titans this week. Yeah, that was in that last issue that I really enjoyed. So mm. shame I wasn't here to talk about it because. Connor seems to think I hate this entire arc. No, no, last issue was Messina as well. And Dolpho was, oh, was the it? first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Last issue's art was better, though. I felt that this one, yeah. there was a lot of like panels, especially with Steve and Etta sneaking in, where it felt like he just 
the faces just weren't there for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I felt like I was getting lost because like the only way I knew it was Steve is the way he was dressed. Mm. And he yeah. kind of started I, I, to feel similar to some of the other super soldiers. I will say they, they often kept them at a distance so that they didn't have to show the faces too much. Yeah. I think that's just a natural weakness of they, they knew Steve looked a bit weird up close and a bit young, so they just kept him at a distance. But then mm. a byproduct of that was Etta got caught up with that because she was sharing the scene with him a lot. Yeah. 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 So so yeah, it felt a bit weird in that sense. So yeah, not not a great end to the arc, but you know, I, I, I have to say I enjoyed the arc overall. Not the worst thing ever. I, I enjoyed the assassins plot uh way more than I enjoyed what the assassins were like, actually like, were wanting or for. Like that mm-hmm. ended up not being as great to me. Even even if I like some of the ideas like the the themes of her like her body being her own and people want it and like she's willing to give it up to a point if it is going to save people. Like that was an interesting thing to explore. It was just a bit too rushed, uh, is what I came back to. It's six issues instead of five. Yeah, probably. I, yeah. I think that this last issue you could clearly probably stretch out to two issues and it would have fit much better. Mm-hmm. Mm. I agree. Cool. Um, oh, good, we got through one quick. Oh, nice. Makes a change, <laughs> um, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. All these big conversations. Uh, that takes out of The Flash, number 30, Joshua Williamson writing Neil Gouge on art. Uh, so we pick up just after the last issue, and if you remember, they were investigating someone sneaking out blood samples, mm-hmm. and Barry goes back to check the the sort of the the checkout logs to the police station, thinking it's an inside job, and there was a fire. Uh, whoever the villain is set a fire, and we sort of come into the aftermath of that, where Barry's being basically told off for going back in alone, and like if you suspected something, you should have went in with backup, mm-hmm. yada yada yada, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I basically break this issue into two halves. The first half is this kind of... Well, maybe three chunks, actually. But the first chunk is Barry basically losing his shit uh, with uh, Captain Singh and in front of the entire station calling him out and being like, yeah. you know what, this department was a joke until I worked here. And, you know, I, I'm the only reason why we solve cases. And, yeah, you know, we like, had cold cases and uh, for, what was the second one? There's only two kind of... And it was like unsolved... And, and oh, and messed up. Yeah, that they they couldn't be used. And yeah, the yeah. Cold, in cold and cases and rushed cases. Yeah, there and you go. He's actually, it's, you know, he's he's definitely been a bit of a dick. But it's it's when he uh, sings like, oh, no wonder you're having trouble with Iris. That's when he he gets set yeah. off. And you can tell, obviously, he's acting out a character, but that's the point because he's, he's infected mm-hmm. with this. You know, it's basically a red tryptonite story for Flash to an extent. Yeah. Uh, the negative. Yeah, I like Emo Berry. Because I'm so used to happy-go-lucky, like, oh, mm. shucks, all right. That the fact that he is reading everyone, like, this is my problem with you. Like, yeah. he, even his buddy, that he, he's like, why are you even here? You should have retired, like, five years ago. You harsh. Know? Like, harsh. Yeah. 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 Uh, and basically, he, he, he turns around to sing and says, you know what? Uh, if you want rid of me, just fire me already. And storms out the yeah. room. And Joe, you know I love about that moment is that okay? You expect them, like you know, Singh to get angry and like maybe actually maybe you know maybe that's what they're going to go with this, and like maybe he'll be mm-hmm. fired for a while before he comes back. You know, when everything gets sorted out. But I like that because they all know Barry, they know what he's like, and they all like him. That when he says that and walks out of the room, Singh and everyone else is just standing there in kind of shock. And he says, like, Barry, as if he wants to offer help. He doesn't get angry. He sort of yeah, realizes that Barry's... That yeah. Barry's going through something. Obviously, they think it's just to do with Iris. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we get this isn't normal. Yeah. We should do something. They know him well enough that he doesn't get angry. At this point, he knows, no, this is him acting out a character. 
I want to extend a, a, an yeah, offer of I, help. I'm, I'm really happy that they recognise that because it obviously it felt out of character for Barry intentionally. Yeah. So that's not a c- criticism, but it would have been weird if the others didn't pick up on it as well. But but yeah. they, they did, and uh, so it handled because really they're well because well, they're a family. You know, like they point that out a lot mm-hmm. that they're a family. So, mm-hmm. uh, but Kristen goes out to talk to him and basically talks him down a little bit, you know, you can probably make it up. And I like that, as much as I'm comparing it to a Red Kryptonite story, the difference is here is that Barry kind of regains control for, at times, and, he's, you know, it's not constant, just... It, it's in and out, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, emotions do trigger it, and it's kind of heightening the anger, but it's not completely taken over all the time. And so he, he works with her, and they sort of work through the case. This is sort of the middle chunk of the book. But he basically, like, they, they summarise that, you know, to dispose the blood... You would do it in a place where it would, because if it was in a house or something like that, all these right. traces of this blood would be really obvious in terms of in terms of forensics. And he basically gets the idea of who the who the who the culprit is, and it turns out to be Ramsey, who's the the mortician, uh, in yep. the police station. And uh, I actually forgot that I I, I vaguely remember the uh, like either in an interview or something mentioned there was going to be a new rogue or a new villain for the Flash. And I remembered it as they sort of revealed it at the, at the end of the book. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I actually have to admit, I quite like this new villain. I think this is a mm-hmm. nice addition to the Flash's uh, gallery of rogues. I, I don't like the way he looks, though. I, I think he's kind of lame looking. He kind of looks like Red Skull. But... A little bit. Yeah. He kind of looks like Mercury from Metal Men. I like his well. power. I, that's what I like about him. Yeah, yeah. I, I like his, his power. power is, yeah, his cool. Overpowered. Like, just yeah. the fact he's like Magneto, but just with blood. Yeah, like, he can control yeah, blood and, and everyone has it. blood. And yeah, I like exactly. I like that his origin is that he's a hemophiliac, or he was, and yep. because he understood that, and he learned of his, his his skills as a as a mortician, as a doctor, and all the rest of it, mixed with his own knowledge of his own condition, and it, basically what he was doing was he was stealing meta human blood and experimenting on it, and that's how he ended up with this. So now he's impenetrable. He can't bleed, which is obviously the opposite of being a hemophiliac. Um, yep. And he can now control blood like McNeil can control metal. That is that is super scary and stuff. Um, it but is. it gives Barry this great moment because he goes down to confront him as the Flash, and he, after he gets hit, he gets so angry that his negative speed force like basically throws him out the building, like through the walls, and he yeah. goes out onto the street. And the, the civilians think Flash killed him because he's like down oh, for a second. And Barry thinks that too. Yeah, he gets really yep. upset. He's worried that oh man, I, I need to be better than this. I'm better than what Thon thinks I'm at. You know. He's really it's weighing on him, but then then obviously uh, who we find out is now called Bloodwork, which by the way, perfect name for him. Uh, Great name. Yeah, so Bloodwork is a new villain, and we see him. He, he basically looks like a skinned corpse. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like that he addresses that the rogue's name are all really on the nose, so he took that in yeah. the spirit of it. So you know, like Bloodwork, like you say, we're saying, oh, it's a perfect name, and it is because it's very on the nose. But he's uh, it's it's aware of it, so he's poking fun at it at the same time. Yeah, so it's I, it's I really dead comic book. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely my favorite issue of like you know since we've had negative flash. Right. I, th- I think it's really interesting where you say that this is actually part one of the blood work arc. Yeah, it's a bit weird because definitely in the, the the trade, like I imagine that the last two issues, those last two will yeah. be part of it. Yeah, it, it feels like this. That was like a, a prelude. It it completely just leads into this. Like even the cliffhanger of the last <clears throat> issue just led straight into this. This doesn't necessarily feel like a part one, even though it's the introduction of the villain. And it's also not the only book this week that has that effect. Actually, but it's, it says it's part one, but it's actually just leading straight in from the last issue. Uh, <sighs> not one you read. <laughs> oh, okay. you, I can see you thinking you're like, what I'm, one? I'm, I'm, hmm. I'm trying to, I'm racking through yeah. them, going, what's that? Uh, but no, I, I'm digging blood work. I like the uh, the origin. 
And I feel like we do. I feel like yeah, this is a villain. That I'm, I'll be happy if he pops up every once in a while because it's at least so far he feels like a proper cool villain with an interesting uh, power. Yeah, I will say as a, a criticism of the issue is the art. I think it's mostly pretty good, but I think the heads are too big. Oh, I said this. The, see the first issue that Gooch ever did a flash uh, around like six or seven or something like that. I remember having the same complaint. Is that it's it's gotten worse though? I think. Actually, it didn't bother me as much in this one compared to uh, his previous issues because my main issue was always when the Flash was in costume, and here there's less of that. Uh, ironically, I think when the Flash is in costume, it looks fine. It's when it's Barry that looks really strange to me. Mm. That's fair. He does do big heads. That that is like he's not bad he otherwise, but Gouge does do big and heads. The expressions very... are really over the top as well. Yeah, yeah, it's very cartoonish, but not in like a silly way, and just like comic strip. Which yeah, I, I will maybe critique it. That I wonder if the given what this arc is about, that maybe a different art style would have benefited. Like instead of this sort of slightly cartoony style, I almost think there's something like. Uh, I don't know, something a bit more moody with Buddha and I think the, the cartoony style benefits, you know, the idea that Bloodworks aware that he's kind of, like, you know, his name's kind of a joke. It benefits that. I think the the whole darker side of Barry, though, and him, like, struggling with these darker issues, maybe mm-hmm. would lend itself more to... Something a bit grittier. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, we're doing Mr. Miracle next, you know, Jared's, for example. I could see him... Yeah, this is, this is very bright and colourful and a bit yeah. too clean. Yeah, so that that'd be a criticism, but I am enjoying the story. It's more more as it goes on. This is the best issue of uh, the negative flash stuff so far, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so we'll uh, move on to Mister Miracle number two. Tom King writing Mitch Gerrard's oh. on art. Oh, I wasn't expecting Mister Miracle at this point in the show. I told you the order twice before we yeah, started. Yeah, but I was <laughs> I, I've sobered up now. I was I was more tipsy. <laughs> Oh, bloody hell! Uh, so, okay. so Mister Miracle number two. Uh, I love this issue. Just I'll say that off the bat. I, I don't think it was quite as good as the first issue, but I still loved it. Um, I liked how fast this one moved. This felt like the last one had a lot of pensive moments. Mm. Where kind of like, what's going on? This was just like, no, this is Mister Miracle getting stuff done. Yeah, you know? I'll say I said this about the first one, but I think the 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 atmosphere. The foreboding tone that is throughout this and the art is stunning. Like, uh, I think it's it's amazing the way he shifts styles depending on the scene. Yeah, um, some of my favorite stuff is when we get to Granny Goodness uh, later in the, yep. the issue. Uh, you know, especially when she's lit with like one candle or whatever it is. Like, it's just that yep. one bit of amber that's lighting her mm. in the dark. Right. So, when you guys read this, did you read her voice as Ed Asner, like from the cartoon? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. No. Okay, I didn't either. I just did it. It actually sounded like Ma Fratelli from from the Goonies, but I just always remember on one oh, of the Justice League cartoons, uh, it was it was Ed Asner. Now, was, now you've said it, and I'm looking back at it. I can read it as that, but it yeah. wasn't what I first jumped to. No. Okay, I, I I think I was getting like a Kath, Kathy Bates voice. That works too. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, but so, so we basically we start in. You know, uh, the Mister Miracle's basically he's out doing he's out being the soldier. He's killing enemies, and we get these it's, it's again mostly nine panel grids, and we see this like this enemy sort of looking around and doing things. And we basically just the, the first chunk of the book is Orion keeps telling him like you know over the comms uh, or, or mother box I, I suppose I should say, mm-hmm. but uh, you know 
go here, go there, do it, fight that army in that front, fight the army there, there's, oh, there's a group of bad guys here, go fight them, and it's just him saying, yes, I'll, sure, yes, yes Orion. Yes, General. <laughs> yes, General. Uh, you know, for... For... for uh, for High Father. New Genesis. New Genesis, that's what I was looking for. Or New Genesis. Because he keeps saying that. He keeps saying, you know, for New Genesis, and he screams it. And, you know, yeah. then it's, it's, you know, I love how darkly funny some of this is as well, because it cuts to him, and, like, he's standing in the shower, and he's covered in this green blood. And he's like, Barda, how do you work the shower? <laughs> Can you ask the mother box? <laughs> the mother My bo- mother box is over there. I can't. <laughs> but then it gets really dark, because the mother box is like, it's, it's already on. And, and then suddenly, like, but we're seeing it in his head, and it's not. And it's like, and it's like, it's like part of me. I, I love the way he says, "Am I clean?" Mm. <laughs> yeah. I love how he says he's the god of showers, or the new god of showers. The new that, god of showers. Yeah. Jo- jo- just a, a small note. I just checked. You know, you know, Pete, you just said it's mostly the nine-panel grid. Mm-hmm. I just checked. Every page is the nine-panel grid, except one where the middle, the middle, middle, and left actually blur because the the speech bubble goes over the two. Oh, okay. But other than that, every page is the nine panel. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say every because I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I definitely yeah. remember it mostly being nine panel. Well, yeah, I was thinking mostly as well. I was yeah. like, do a quick scan and check. Because the first issue was mostly there was one double page spread at the start, and then it's it's actually really interesting that one page where it's not is where him and Bada go through the boom tube. It's just before he steps, they step through, and he's talking to her. Mm-hmm. So you got Barter in the left panel and him in the middle panel, and the the white line that separates the panels is actually there, but it's really faded because the light of the boom tube's there, and it kind of looks like one big panel. So it kind of has a weird effect to it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so he he gets called in back in uh, you know to home base, and Orion's like sitting. He's now the High Father. He's sitting on the throne, and. Right at the start of the scene, everything is so told so beautifully through both the writing and the art. Uh, a lot of good facial expressions here where Barda refers to him as High Father, but mm-hmm. Miracle doesn't. He just says Orion. Oh, Orion. And, and then, then you just get that shot of Orion just staring at him. Yeah, he's not happy. And then like he's, he's second in the command, did steps in and he's like, uh, you know, decorum has been reinstated. You know, it's been kind of lax for a while, but uh, now, you know, mandatory, you have to kneel. Uh, for the high father that, 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 that's light ray right yeah yeah, yeah. Just, just checking i wasn't missing something when pj said it was the second in command i thought did i misread that I, uh, yeah i, I didn't uh, notice who it was i just remember him stepping in and uh, yeah. giving the orders but anyway, so barda kneels down first and you know and scott doesn't scott's like staying up <laughs> he takes a while doesn't he yeah and then barda mm-hmm. kind of like pulls on him he's like nudging nudging them down he's like come on down yeah. don't cause a scene and he eventually does and that's when it, you know it goes back to Orion. And he sort of it goes from being kind of annoyed to like just that little smirk, like yeah, you will kneel. Yeah, it's it's even the very last panel of him kneeling is when he finally bows the head because while she's pulled him down, he's still keeping his head up. Yep. And yeah. like all that that whole page when she's doing that, it's only the start of the next page where he finally bows his head, and then you cut to yeah. Orion smirking. Yeah, he he's not happy. He's not a happy chap. And he's and he looks a lot like Josh Brolin here, too. He does now that you mention it. Yeah, like, I don't know if that's on purpose, uh, but just that look as he looks like Josh Brolin and, and uh, like in Sicario, when he just mm-hmm. has that permanent grimace. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, they're told out of, like, 
your history with Granny Goodness will have kept you away from there. As much as we've had you fighting everywhere else, we've kept you away from Granny Goodness, and she's the reason why they're winning. They're basically winning on, on the larger scale right now because of her. But your connection to her may actually be an asset. So your next mm-hmm. mission tomorrow is to find and kill Granny Goodness. That That is the plan. Yep. Um, it's a good plan. This is a decent enough plan. Yeah. Of course, before we get there, we have a, a quote-unquote dream sequence of uh, yeah. Metron, where, where he sees Metron, and he even nudges Barda when she's asleep. He's like, uh, Metron's here, honey, and she's like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Back to sleep. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> tell him it's late. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like a dream, but it doesn't feel like a dream. Like, if this was a movie, it'd be kind of... Like unclear, ethereal, yeah. yeah. Like, it's got, that, it's got, it no, it's got no, it's it's always got no color to it. It's all washed out. Yeah. It's very white and very pale blue. Yeah, and I think uh, the, the key thing I keep saying to him though, uh, that Metron keeps saying is, "You are not to know the face of God." Yes. So, yes, uh, and you're right. That next page is the one where technically the, the name. I mean, it is there, like, but it's not. Technically, it is there because the line is still breaking up the panels. But it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's basically asking her, like, "Did you ever like Granny Goodness?" Um, of course, she she does say no. I never liked her. Which well, is and it's it's always a little bit different too because he was the bargaining chip in that trade, where she was just raised to be one of the Furies. You know, so I just in the context of that moment, of course, he was treated a little bit differently. Yeah, you know, it's it's the idea of how. His in, again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier: nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. He was never supposed to be that, right? But she was. That was kind of just what she was there for, and so right. she overcame that. Whereas Scott just was what he was supposed to be. Exactly, and yeah. you get this vibe that Granny Goodness taught him, or taught him, treated him a little bit better. Like, yeah, it was still bad, but like she went out there and kind of comforted him. But, but, but by, by her standards, better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, so they go through the boom tube, and again, we go back to this whole idea of the nine panel grid with the same face and every panel and the, the expression changing. It's gra- granny goodness, and there's like four panels of her, the exact same. And I love how it's a completely red background now. We've completely changed mm-hmm. color schemes yet again. Uh, and of course, yep. red has connotations of evil, danger, all that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, but you hear the boom tube, and then the smile starts, and she just gets this big grin. And you know, I think she's exceptionally creepy because she's like my baby. She she, she she almost is talking like she has a granny who's not evil. Yeah, right. You know, it's, yeah. But you know, she is. So it's it's, very, just... it, it's it's kind of if you just read the dialogue, it's endearing. Yeah, yeah. But it, but in context, you're like this is kind of creepy because she's evil as yeah. shit. And there's that there's that callback as well. Uh, back in the the shower scene, uh, when when Scott says to Bardo, she's beautiful. She says she's too tall, and that yeah. comes up again here where she says, "Oh, you look good," yeah. and she's like, "I'm too tall," and I'm like. Now, she didn't know she was going to go see Granny Goodness right. necessarily at that point, but I, I almost wonder if this idea of her being self-conscious comes up more when, you know, right. she's back but, in the picture. But, but Granny says, you know, like, everyone's too something. It's the idea that, you know, no one's perfect. You've just got to accept who you I'm, are and work I'm with I'm starting that. to feel like New Genesis is a lie in that, like, mm. they're always set up to be the good to Apocalypse is evil. And don't don't get this wrong. Apocalypse is evil. The way that Darkseid runs it, he is a tyrant. But it just feels like everyone's just doing their job on New Genesis. Like Light Ray is supporting Orion because he's the new High Father. Right. Uh, no matter question, what, it's kind of the question of 
how much are the followers at fault for the leader? Like, you know, like you say, good yeah. goodness, she seems all right. Like, you know, she says, you know, everyone's too something. She's very encouraging of her yeah, flaws. No, like, yeah, she like, seem- you're not perfect, but she, no one is. She seems all right until the next page where she's right. starving <laughs> someone to death and making them watch other people eat. Right, who's right. From, right, who's from New Genesis, right? Like, this is an act of war. Right, right. No, but she, al- it, it, she also mentions that she once met, let Barda go unfed for, like, two weeks when she was, like, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's the idea of... <laughs> How much is this because she enjoys it, and how much is this because of Dark Side's kind of trickle down from the top? Yeah, and it's the same on New Genesis with, like, like you were saying with Orion. Like, he he has this influence, and Light Ray's kind of just going along with it, but he doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. like. How much does Light Ray actually believe this? Mm-hmm. How much does he want to do right. this? And how much and is that's, that what he's told to do? And that's where Scott comes in, being the son of both worlds, right? Because yeah. in in the history of New Genesis and Apocalypse, they started as the same planet. And then some catastrophe happened and they split and they've been constantly at war. And so Scott is just like Orion is a man of both those worlds. Although it should be Scott that sits on that throne being High Father's actual born son. But it's Orion and I just keep getting this vibe from Orion like not everything is, is Yeah, what it and, seems. and you have to think like Orion probably sees Scott as a threat. Yeah. In, in to his throne in the sense yeah well that, i think that's why he especially like he keeps is, sending him he's, yeah, he's especially like, he's kind of like it's like oh if you die this is great for me it's like but, you take yeah. it as many as you can but if you die then i'm safe and that's why he's especially yeah. gleeful when he makes scott kneel like he's so yeah. thrilled about it because he is the the the, the competition almost right. that could take his throne and that's and that competition is bred in apocalypse like that's what we learned from Granny's yeah, teachings, and, and, and that's kind of Orion's nature coming out over his right. nurture. Yeah, exactly. So, so we, so we ended up this really fun page where they're sneaking around, uh, and you, you I sort love of, the art here, yeah. the way it's like sneak, run, fight, and you follow it again. It's it's not you, you don't follow it in the, the usual order. You you follow the dotted line of the the plan, and it sort of snakes down the page. I, I love the bit where it cuts off and and it like it goes in two directions. Mm-hmm. I think that's really clever. So, no, so very good. Again, it's all red in that scene, and that's when you get inside the tent, and it's night, and it's only just this one bit of like uh, light that's because uh, because uh, Granny Goodness is waiting, and she shoots Barda, and it's actually on this page where we have our one and only Dark Side is, which is very different from the first issue, which had it all, yeah. all over the place. Um, and I like that here because like I didn't even notice it wasn't there until I seen this and went, oh. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, why is it here? Yeah, why is it this moment where it's like the evil of Darkseid is ever-present? Why is it this moment where we're being reminded of this? It's very mm-hmm. important. And so so goodness shoots, shoots Barda. It doesn't kill her, because we see you know quite quickly in the next page that Barda's you know, moaning right. and like getting back up. She's just taking her time. She's hurt. Um, and Granny Goodness wants to talk to Scott, and she tells him a bunch of stuff. Um, namely, that she's the one who let let Highfather know that uh, Darkseid has the anti-life equation. Right. Yeah. Which is a big thing. Like, what? Her? Seriously? Mm. I've always thought she's the epitome of all evil. Right. And, you know, here she is doing this. And basically, she puts the doubt in his head, mainly about Orion, and, that, you know, he, he he sent them there to be killed by by Granny which, Goodness. Which is it's plausible, because, like, you know, going back to what I was saying, how Scott yeah. is the threat to his throne... Yep. That's plausible. I get rid of the competition. Yeah, but she even kind of implicates Barda as well. Like, you know, how much yeah. is she trustworthy? Mm. Right. You know, and it's like, and I don't think she is. Like, I, I think, I think ultimately maybe there'll be suspicion, but I think Barda is genuine because she also broke away with with Scott. It's not like she. Yeah. Like so, right. I, I think 
you know, that's it. I'm not so convinced about Orion. Orion could go either way. Oh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm fully in that I feel like Darkseid has infected Orion after all these years at war. And that's because we never saw Highfather die. We no, just heard true. about his death. No, no, and, you think, oh, so you think Orion had something to do with that. I'm I, thinking I, he I, does. I, I buy that. Like I said, with Orion, because I buy either way that they go with it. Right. Because so far, what we know from Granny Goodness is she's speaking the truth here. Because we we get corroboration from Barda and Scott on the times like they were going up. Like like he brought up the time that she let Barda starve when she was four years old. So yeah. we know that for the story purposes is true. So then when she tells Scott here that Orion like said that they're intending to break the peace. This so this was one of Orion's plans. Like oh, I'll just take out both threats at the same time. Yeah, because you know, uh, it's worth mentioning because she, she emphasizes here the prophecy, Scott. It's the prophecy that compels them. Darkseid can yep. only be die at the hands of his son, and it's right. like, well, which one counts? Yeah, and it, it goes, <laughs> exactly. again, it goes back to that nature and nurture. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I love these pages. I love the, the again the glow of the single candle uh, in this dark yep. place. Uh, so yeah, so obviously Barda gets back up and beats <laughs> Granny Goodness, pre- presumably mm-hmm. to death or close to. Yeah, uh, I love the art of that. You know where it just goes to the silhouette, and you have Barda just in the white, and and mm-hmm. like the you can see the blood splatter, and it's yep. just gorgeous. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So so they leave. Obviously, this this seed of doubt has been planted. You know, that's the idea that we 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 keep speculating that things aren't quite what they seem because it's felt that way since the start of this book. Yep. And now this seed of doubts in Miracle's head, like, how does he deal with this? But it's also worth mentioning here, so on this page, as they go back back home, um, we get this third-person narration come in. Yep. Uh, which is interesting. You know? Like, yeah. uh, yep. it talks about the paranoid pill. So obviously, you know, if he's got this seed of doubt, does the paranoia take over? Like you know, certainly I think that's what it's, it's getting at. But um, yeah. I, I just I thought it was interesting. You know, when it gets to that that that, that panel on the page before the last one, it says, "Hold it, dear reader, we're not done with you yet." Like, okay, that's different from anything else we've had so far. Yeah, it was really interesting how it took the time out to talk to us. It kind of broke up the the flow because up till then we'd been in Scott's head and everything had been kind of hit from his broken perspective. So obviously it was unreliable. But here it was like, no, there's someone else telling this story. This is a, you know, an other entity is addressing us. And like you say, you know, addressing the paranoia, it kind of makes it clear in case you didn't know. It's like, okay, no, this is what's going on. Yeah, I'm really excited about where this is going to go. Because, you know, we've got 12 issues. So I really, like, there's a lot that could happen in another 10 yeah. of these. Yeah, this is this is two. So, you know. And <laughs> uh, but I'm loving it. And also... So the last time I kind of broke the fourth wall with Glorious Godfrey on that, it looked like it was a VHS, mm. you know, yeah, recording, yeah. and he had talked right to the camera. So I'm wondering if that's part of this too. Could, yeah, it could be a running theme. Yeah. Like, like yeah. The, the idea of Godfrey was not necessarily the character, but, you know, something right. speaking through him. Do you think that this entity at the end that speaks to us was the yeah. same as what was Godfrey's I, dialogue? I, yeah, maybe. So we got about the face of God. Right, I feel like we're gonna see the source by the end of this. I, I do that... think it's interesting that the face of God, and obviously it was Godfrey, was right. the one that addressed us. And it's like the idea that Scott should be aware for the meta yep. sort of things. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's interesting, and also it's worth mentioning here actually uh, that this is in continuity. But I'm wondering if it's yep. set a little bit down the line. 
Because obviously they're well, just reminded us that Dark Side Baby's a thing. Yeah, when when we get to 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 Hal and Pals. Yeah, that's okay. definitely a different point in time to this because that's yeah. obviously we already knew that was playing with new gods. Yeah. yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll move on. But I, I'm loving it. Uh, I'm loving the, the just just the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, the atmosphere, the the those nine page grids where they they have like the one character's expression change over like it's massive mm-hmm. for that. It's very confident uh, storytelling. It is because there's there's no dialogue to interrupt it. It's just no. This is the expression, and the you know like, like so you have the moment of okay, this is where the boom tube hits, and so we know okay, this is what the reaction is to. Mm. Yeah. There's no dialogue. It's just reacting to an external source. Exactly. Uh, this, this is great stuff. Um, it's, you know, perhaps unsurprisingly, but it's become one of the highlights, I think, uh, this the slate right now. Um, all right, so that'll take us on to Titans number 15, Dan Abnett and Brett Booth, uh, the <laughs> the kind of dream team, I guess. Um so this issue, no one's even reacting to that joke. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, so this is Wally's writing a, writing a letter uh, throughout the whole issue, basically announcing that he's going to quit teen, t- the Titans for now because you know heart problems, and he also wants to sort of rediscover Wally because he's just been the Flash since he get back because his life was kind of erased. Um, mm-hmm. We pick up the cliffhanger that Nightwing is the one who has been taken over slash hacked um, and that leads to a bit of a confrontation it's quickly kind of wrapped up though although I do really like that uh, as we're kind of like f- sort of playing out that that, that scenario with, where uh, Arsenal's kind of dealing with it and he's accusing him of it uh, Wally's talking about how Dick's the most trustworthy one and he's the heart of the team I kind of I yeah. like that. that that was a nice sort of juxtaposition to kind of well, because he wasn't really a traitor it's because of nanobots like exactly. they got infected yeah. like uh, so, so there's kind of nothing, like yeah, the sentiment's nice, but there's kind of no impact there because it's not like he was actively betraying the team. Uh, yeah, it was just a nice know? touch because it, it kind of it, it just like it gave it some of emotion more than it just being oh Dick's uh, the traitor. Even though it turns out that he the talking at the end of the last issue was just him like he realized what was going on and he was trying to buy time to like sort of trace where it was coming from, uh, which leads us to uh, sort of location at the end. There's a lot, there's a lot of fun stuff. Um, in the middle of the issue, uh, just little things uh, as they're trying to figure things out. Uh, for example, where Nightwing's revealed all this, I like that he said, oh, maybe there's a bit too much Batman in me that I was keeping a couple of secrets. Um, and Wally's about to confess what he's what he's written in the letter, and he's like, okay, if we're all confess- confessing stuff, I've got this to say. And then Garth just jumps in with, I'm in love with Lilith. And then Donna's like, we know. <laughs> we all yeah. know. It's fine. Uh so some fun stuff there, uh, but it all. Meanwhile, you got Malcolm Dunk, Duncan and Nark doing what they are doing. Some mysterious entity takes them, and we will get a splash of white, and these feathers drop to the ground. So, so someone's taking them, um, mm-hmm. which also later happens to Simon, who is sort of paying attention and like realizes the Titans are going to this location, and he doesn't want them to go there. He thinks that's weird, but then he gets taken again. Same feathers on the ground. Um, Lilith reveals that she thinks she, whatever's going on here they're getting ready to combat her because she's going to be this, this end of the world uh, chaos point like she's going to start something um, which she isn't intentionally going to do right now obviously but that's what they're thinking and she's worried that this is a premonition that something's going to happen uh, so they all they all congregate to this location Simon 
uh, Nark and Malcolm Duncan are all possessed by whoever this entity is. They fight the Titans, and Dick gets stabbed. It's a kill shot. He gets stabbed right through himself. Uh, and Wally speeds in to save him. And he actually does, and Dick even acknowledges, wait, that, we just went back in time, like, a few seconds. Like, something, you know... And he quickly goes, wait, Wally? Did Wally do that? And sure enough, Wally did, and this stops his heart. So they're still in the middle of Shit Creek, because the villains are still there, but Wally basically is dying or having a heart attack at the end of the book. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a decent issue. I, I had some fun with it. I, I liked the, the whole letter from Wally as a sort of framing device that was kind of going throughout, because I knew where it was going. Like The entire thing was clearly spelling out, I'm leaving the, the Titans yeah. to, to do whatever... And then we get to the end, and it's like, okay, he's going to, his heart's going to give out at the end of this issue. Um, but he gave out saving Dick, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. But I'm just kind of over the, the soap opery elements of it. Like, you know, like the whole traitor thing, I was I was down for it to see where it goes. And then there's just like two lines of dialogue. Oh, it was just nanobots planted by Hive, you know. Mm. So kind of oh. like, I, I would have liked Dick uh, to have some agency in it. Oddly you know? though, it ends with saying next issue traitor revealed. So yeah. I'm not sure what that means or where that's going. And also this is definitely Mr. Twister, right? From from the the Titans hunt. Because um, we have all of them there now, plus very, Wally. Yeah, very probably. I mean yeah. I, I have to be honest, I didn't read this issue because like like Matt said, you know who said then he was kind of over it, you know, it's very soap opera. Yeah. And I've been feeling that way and I was like, Matt, sh- should I read this? Because usually I because of my work week, I read a lot of my books on the Saturday. Obviously, I was at the wedding today, so I was like, you know, okay, I've got limited time. Trying to get them done. Yeah. Trying to get them done. I was like, man, yeah. okay, what, you know, is it still just more? He was like, yeah, it's just more of the same. So, I kind of didn't bother. Um, and, and and hearing you all say that, I, I don't feel like I missed that much. It feels like more yeah. soap opera drama. It feels like it's spinning its wheels because it doesn't know what it wants to do with the characters right now. And it, it was kind of nice in that little pocket but it's kind of been since the Lazarus contract. It's been kind of not knowing what to do that, with these that, characters. That's kind of where it lost me, actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, and I was reading it for, for Wally, right? Now, if, if he's leaving, I'm kind of like, well, I get Nightwing. and I don't yeah, think, he, be, I don't think he, he actually is leaving, though. I, I think uh, you're reading that at face value a little bit too much. I think clearly... Like, I don't once... know. I, I could see him leaving for an arc to go, like, be like, well... Yeah. This is the first time I haven't had speed powers for a while. It's one of those where I get if they do, because, you know, it's the same thing they've done with Steph in, in Detective. Yeah. yeah, I could see a similar thing with like that, yeah. But, but like, like, are they gonna are they really going to do that when, you know, they, they just brought Wally back. Wally was the linchpin of Rebirth. I mean, obviously, Stephanie was a big deal as well, but, like, Wally was the linchpin. Are they going to just go, okay, yeah, we brought Wally back, but there's nowhere you can read him in in, in a month. That seems strange. It depends what they do. I, I really don't know. Um, I don't really necessarily disagree with any of the complaints, to be honest. I'm still digging it for what it is. But, you know, it's, it's not like the most excited yeah. book that I've got in a but week. On a or... week where there's ten other books, I'm just like, ugh. If this was week three, I'd be cool. But week two, I had too much other stuff to read. Yeah, so. I mean, it's not the most exciting thing I've got to read in the week. But I, I never regret reading it, though. I always... Like, I feel like the character voices are usually there. I usually have fun with these characters just kind of... Even if it is a bit soap, soap operate, which it is. Um, but I'm kind of digging for what it is. So, mm. 
I'm happy enough with it. Well, fair enough. Like, like it's definitely not a bad book. When I say that, it was just like this week I was pushed for time. I was like, do I really actually want to read this? Because I know what I'm going to get, and do, do I really want that? And I, I wasn't sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, not a whole lot to add there. Some some fun little character moments. Um, it, it did brush over the whole traitor thing a bit quicker, I think, than any of us were expecting. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I did like the the, the whole letter device uh, that was told throughout. Yeah, that was nice. Um, so, yeah, nothing special, but um, uh, I, I never regret reading no, that. That's the thing. It doesn't sound like a bad issue from what you're saying. It just sounds like it's more of the same, which I'm kind of just over. But it, but again, that's not necessarily a bad thing in itself. Mm. If you've been enjoying it, then you'll probably carry on enjoying it. Uh, well, we'll leave that there then. Uh, we'll go on to Supergirl number 13, Steve Orlando, writing uh, Robson Roca on art. This is the conclusion to this current arc. Uh, with the Emerald Empress stuff, which has been very quick because we had the, the annual, which yeah. was like a double-sized issue. It was like a four-issue arc that took place over about one month. Um, so we, we have more, more of the fight, of course, uh, mm-hmm. with everything that's going on. Supergirl protects her father, who's about to get blasted. It spills it onto the street, and civilians see him. They actually see that it's all true, that they were holding him yep. in the, the DEO, and he was protected. Uh and you know they, they give her shit for it. There's one or two voices in the crowd that are sticking up for her, like, "No, nah, well, she just yeah. protecting her father." And yeah, but a lot of them are just out for blood. Yeah. They're not happy. Yeah. Uh, they ain't having it. But so, so she's getting attacked by Emerald Empress, and then Indigo shows up as well. Uh, although Supergirl does manage to uh, destroy the Eye, which sends Emerald Empress back to her, her own time period. Yeah. Uh, so she fades away. But the crowd think they've, she's killed her. So they they they, they yeah. take this and sort of put a spin on it to have another reason to hate her and she's like no she went back to her own time period i didn't kill her and like yeah we're meant to believe that and like you're living in a world with superheroes from other planets you know it's not at this point not that far-fetched yeah yeah uh so a lot of this is the the fallout of this though basically the deo itself and supergirl the public image are kind of screwed yeah so we've got the deo chase has stepped down because she takes responsibility uh, yep. But as she does so, she makes sure to wipe any record of who Supergirl actually is. Uh, Supergirl no longer works with the DAO. Uh, her parents are no longer working there. Uh, Chase is actually going to go hunt the, the true perpetrators, and she's got the werewolf, Laron, as a as yes. a buddy. So I want this miniseries. Chase and Laron. I can see this being yeah, a plot thread. This will be a plot thread that comes back up occasionally, that she's out there with the Laron mm. werewolf. Well, I, I like that Lauron fought with Magog. Like that was cool. Mm. Like he settled that, and it was always just a silly, you know, the Kryptonian werewolf. But I've been down since the Rebirth issue. Um, yeah, he's, he's so basically an enforcer for, uh, for 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 yeah, Chase. Chase. So. Um, so I was expecting a lot more Legion superhero stuff with Emerald Empress, and mm. I was kind of disappointed we didn't go to those places because I really want the Legion back. Yeah, I get that, that said, what this set up more than makes up for it yeah because until i got to that last page i was like oh man no legion oh wait a minute yeah before we talk about that reveal though i just want to talk about what i like about the rest of the setup here so supergirl basically like she's still working for catco and cat cat garant herself is kind of pissed at supergirl because she was lying you know she has trust issues now and cat's with ben and ben's kind of isn't comfortable that cat hates supergirl now and Kara's like, no, nah, well, this is probably the best place to be then, to try and like sort of divert that damage, to sort of do some damage control. And so she's still in high school. They set up that she's now got a normal home life with her parents. I like that she's not in the DEO anymore. It kind of changes the, the status quo 
to where she's more of a regular sort of secret identity superhero. She's not working with a government organisation, and I kind of like that. I like that they're going down this this path, at least for now. Yeah, it diverges from the show. So, I mean, it was there for enough. Yeah. You know, so if you were a fan of the show that wanted to pick up the comic, you know, but now it sets her back on a more traditional superhero path. Which I think makes more sense because she's a teenager. Yep. So you have the high school life as opposed to the DEO secret service yeah. life well because yeah because on the show she's in her 20s you know and that, that makes sense it's part of her job like she has her day job working with cat and then her supergirl job so yeah. Yeah, and that's what makes the show i think work a lot is you have that workplace dynamic you kind of don't need it in the comic when she's going to school yeah like you, you just said because you have high school friends that you can set up and they can yeah. be some regular cast members and whatnot like ben ben's really grown on me like he's he is the way that he hacks through and helps cat yeah although, he, he basically does a really cat is cat yeah she says she's a sorceress and then he's like are yeah. you actually a sorceress like, i think it's just some yeah. witty banter maybe i'm wrong maybe it's actually hinting at something but... well because remember we still have that the one that shot uh what was her name she was she was masquerading selena. as cat yeah selena selena sorceress she's still running around out there yeah she right? leaves magog high and dry she she goes through a yeah. portal she's like nah screw you i've done my job yeah so, so i'm i, I kind of feel that it was a seed for yeah, that, maybe. like maybe we'll get like a kind of a switch later down the line. But no, that was Cat for sure. Yeah. But I just wanted to introduce the yeah, he, Selena. Ben basically defeats the app by doing a, a DDoS attack on it, which yeah. I thought was amusing. That, that's essentially, essentially what it does. It. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we we find out there's a new head of the DEO, someone a bit more nefarious, someone who wants to get Supergirl in line and find out who she is, and oh. is pissed that the records have been erased. And they tease it, and I thought they might not tell us who it is in this issue because they're sort of like hiding them at first. And then you uh, turn the page, full page spread. Mr. Bones has entered Rebirth. Oh, that's good news. So I was just Great like, news. oh, wait. I was like, oh, wait. No more Legion. But wait, this is a Justice Society thread. Mm. Like, Mr. Bones is oh. very well tied into Justice Society. So. I'm in it. I'm in it. Um, I think the Legion stuff, I think that's just because that's waiting to tie into Doomsday Clock. I think at this Doomsday point, Clock. that's what we're waiting on. And that's fine. I just. Yeah. With the way that it was set up, her name dropping Saturn Girl so many times, the fact that she created a new Fatal Five and all of that, it was just priming me for Legion. Yeah. But if you're going to swap me out for Justice Society threads, I'm more than okay. I'll tell you this. I I was definitely not expecting Mr. Bones, who's now the mm -hmm. head of the DEO, but I also was not expecting how excited I would be if he popped up. Because when I turned that page, I went, oh, shit, yeah. Like, Mr. Bones... Well, so, and so for people that don't know, pretty flashpoint. He hasn't been around since uh, New Fifty Two, but he was the director of the DEO, which I forgot existed pre flashpoint, <laughs> and ha- was a counterpoint to Cameron Chase, who is now on the run. Which that was kind of her thing back pre flashpoint and even mm-hmm. pre rebirth, you know. And it just it all works in together real well. And again, continuity was- wonk in me. And- Going back to you this know. being the new status quo, I actually like that the DEO is now a antagonist group. Like the idea yep. that Supergirl has to deal with the fact this is kind of like Mister Bones is kind of her Lex Luthor in a way, almost not not yeah. the exact same, but this is the way that he's he's hunting her, but he's actually got like a military force to do it, and I, I can <laughs> see this having a lot of fun consequences. Like so, I'm, I'm ex- it feels like a fresh start for the book, and I'm actually kind of excited to see where yep. it goes after this. Yeah. Uh, so no. yeah, and. and- and we get rid of the whole Zor-El thread here because oh, yeah. they're, they're on good terms, right? That's what we think. And then I thought that was the last page with Director Bones. 
And then well, I, actually, I, we I should, turned we, it. We should flashback because we think that he's yeah. he's going to because he wakes up and he actually he, he kills uh, Indigo, and yeah. that that's like Supergirl's. Like, oh no, like not like this. Like you, basically, I'm not even sure if I can like even believe in you anymore, Father. You're 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 a psychopath. Um. So yeah. Mr. Bones, we're done with the book. There's a last page of Supergirl flying away from house, and it's this hopeful, you know, Supergirl. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm a hero. I, I love Nash, National City, and I'll never stop. Loving yeah, National I have a City. family. Because that was one of the things actually is that when uh, Emerald Empress reveals, like, oh, in the future we're going to be enemies, you're going to kill my family. It's like you could have told me this. I'm never going to give up on you. She tries to use compassion. She tries right. to be herself, and it's, you know, it's good stuff. And then though, there's like another couple of pages. Epilogue. Oh, there's a Cyborg Superman Zor-El specifically and Mr. Oz is there and he's like hmm yes yes you you you've let 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 the home team down essentially was the kind of the gist of it um yep. he's like oh you're interfering you'll never interfere again and he kills Zorel. yeah hits him he's like oh man simple push of this button would, would keep you alive but you know yeah, he's, he's not he's, gonna do it. He's in a tank, and basically, he's like, "If I hit you with this red UV light, mm. you're going to turn human and drown." And he does. Yep. And it's like, "Oh, well, that that's dark." That's a nice... so. So between Zod and Zorel, and now Mister Oz, Jorel, I feel like old, cold Krypton is is pushing forward mm. because we all have this very much means justify the ends. Okay, and... yeah. By the way. Remember, Zod and his kid and, you know, Ursa are still... They're, they're out there. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But, yeah, I just... When this happened, of course, I had read this after action. And I was just like, oh, he just took out his brother or kind of brother, uh, and you know. What I like, again, is it again, it makes the super family books all feel like they are part of a family and in some way. Yep. Like, there's, there is some stuff that connects between them. So that, that's cool stuff. Uh, which, speaking of, uh, Superwoman number 14, Kay Perkins writing, Steven Segovia on art... Um, Supergirl is of course in this now this is kind of a weird issue for a number of structural reasons and stuff that feels cut out but I think I've got a reason for it I've got a theory as to why this issue is the way it is Mm -hmm. because well there's a lot of talk about how this and Blue Beetle might be like getting the axe in the near future and I think what's happened here is I think Kay Perkins had a number of issues in mind for whatever she was doing and then it was before this issue maybe before the last one where she was told, no, instead of 12, you've got six left. And yeah. I think this issue is this weird casualty where she had to wrap up the things she was doing before and start the yeah. next thing she was going to do. Because it really feels like two separate issues that got smooshed into one. Yeah. That but, said, we get Maxima. We do. Which, so, which, which was a fun idea. Which, which I forgot that this is Kay Perkins who had done The Crucible that yeah, we both that, enjoyed so much. That, that was the thing. Because they brought up The Crucible and we saw Maxima and I went, Oh, that's yeah. weird to bring this stuff back, and then it, like a second yeah. later it dawned on me. Oh, that's because the writer's the one who wrote that, yep. uh, which is yep. weird that she's using Superwoman to pick up like old Supergirl threads. But whatever, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. It's fine. Yeah, very Supergirl. I forgot this was an issue of Supergirl. This was Superwoman. Yeah, but you know, there's some fun stuff in there because they help. What's his name? The Red Kryptonite guy. Um, um, Amos. Amos. Yeah, but then that kind of falls to the back when Maxima shows up. But you find out that Maxima is just really a title from her planet. Yeah. And, yeah, the real Maxima has been like incapacitated. Running the now. Crucible. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, she's been running the Crucible, and so this Maxima is going to take, you know, 
do what she needs to do. Oh, but she has a captive. Uh, like we see that before she leaves the planet. Yeah, she's got her captive. Uh, oh, that's right. And Maxima. I wrote this one very fast. Yeah, come comes down. It's after they basically deal with Amos because they use the Kryptonian art battle armor. Mm-hmm. And it's funny actually. I read this before Supergirl, and there's a reference to her not being welcome at the DEO anymore because they're actually at uh, right. Doctor Veritas's like place. It's like, oh, technically I'm not going to be here anymore. So just you uh, don't break anything. And of course, there's like yeah. fighting with superpowered beings all over the place uh, later on, yeah. uh, breaking everything. But yeah, so Maxima shows up, um, and then the real Maxima shows up to help fight the fake Maxima. And I, I did like that double page spread where it's like all three of them, like Supergirl using her heat vision, Superwoman using her, like a, her hand beam, and then yeah. uh, Maxima just throwing daggers. Throwing swords, yeah. yeah. L- lots of red-headed characters in this one. Uh, Matt Leahy. True. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you're yeah. all over it. So, but I, I like being reminded about the Crucible, you know? So that was, this was a fun Supergirl arc. And here, the fact that we got Maxima, even though it fell super, uh, feels super quick. Yeah, like, it, like I actually like everything that kind of goes down in this issue. It just is really quick mm-hmm. and kind of like it's, it's, it. It really feels like the end of the Amos stuff was meant to be a full issue, and then the yeah. start of this thing because it, it's called whatever this arc is, part one. And I feel like that was meant yeah. to be a separate issue. Uh, I'll also say that this kind of starts in a weird place. It feels like we kind of skipped over some stuff between issues. Yeah. Um, Definitely. And, and again, I think that's a victim of she, she thought she had X number of issues and now she yeah. only has whoever many. Because I went because so. I went and checked the last issue of Superwoman and mm. yeah, it ended that was the, the small girl stuff. Yeah, it, was, back it, it ended with Supergirl showing up and then this one starts with Supergirl yeah. and her like in a sort of tussle. It's like, no, I'm fine now. I'm like, right. how? Right. How are you fine? When did that happen? Yeah. And but yeah. again, I, I think it's because, that's fine. because of this. Yeah. Yeah, so, Segovia's art again. I very much enjoy like I, I do too. super books. I do too. That he I, wants to draw. Oh. I, th- I think the upside here might be though that she's chosen to because she, she, I imagine she knows what she's done here. She knows this is kind of clunky. I imagine she chose to do it here because she wants the rest to be not you know untouched. Yeah, so she's taken a choice and said, "No, this is where I'm going to have the the casualty, and the rest should you know." Hopefully. Connor, did you read the Crucible stuff in Supergirl? Uh, I did. Yes. Okay. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Then, you know, it's, okay. Yeah, you should do, when you have time, you know, and not on a week where there's fourteen hundred books. You should probably <laughs> go read this because it, it does pick up on those threads. It's yeah. it's really worth it. I hate that. I hate when Pete's right. So you know Yeah, suck it. Yeah. Um, yeah I, hate I, I that begrudgingly so, I begrudgingly read this and enjoyed it. We're trying to get through this a bit quicker. I just want to we just yep. mention the cliffhanger at the end. Uh there's basically like a, an eye like you know, a camera watching Superwoman, and there's like this robotic speak saying that she's been targeted. And yeah. you said there's an eye, and I thought eye in the sky. No, not a brother. No, not brother eye. It's like a camera. It's like a camera iris that's watching her. Yeah, I like it. I'm, uh, I'm disappointed. Yeah. On the so I, I don't know if Supergirl and Maxim are still around next issue, uh, but we'll find yeah. out. But anyway, I mean, and that's a super team I need. Like you have you have background with Birds of Prey. I need Supergirl and the Super Sisters, like Supergirl, Maxima, and Superwoman. Get on it, DC. Don't call it that, though. Uh, I, think uh, I think I think maybe they should do something similar, like Supergirl and the uh, something of. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Birds of flight or something. I don't know. Um. Anyway. No, no birds. All right. So <laughs> moving on to Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, uh, number twenty-eight. Robert Vendetti writing, Rafa Sandoval on art. Uh, the other two guys read this. I did not read this one because I've not been reading this since issue one. Uh, but what I'll say, just to tease whatever conversation you're about to have, I did see just in the chat this week, I think Connor read it first, or Matt read it first. Why don't no, you read Matt it first? Read it first. 
and yeah. you, you put in the chat to the other one, oh, Vendetti finally wrote a good Hal moment, and yeah. go on, so... Yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna let Matt take this one because he okay. was the one who wrote first and was like, "Yeah, there's some yeah. Vendetti got hell right." And Connor still yeah, tipsy. so it's <laughs> a little bit Hal Jordan on a bender. Um, but so yeah, so so Hal's chasing down High Father and Light Ray, and he his ring isn't allowing him to cross the light barrier, right? Uh, hmm. But he keeps pushing and keeps pushing, and he ends up breaking it apart, but instead of dying, it just like, you know, it says willpower unable to maintain physical reality. You nearly flew apart. He starts doubting himself and he hears a voice behind him and is like, you don't always have to go solo, Harold. And he looks back and there's Martin Jordan. He's like, I'll be your wingman. Now, regardless of if Martin Jordan was here, this was very reminiscent of that Tom King issue. Of, of him revisiting his relationship with his dad. It is, yeah. Hmm. And so these moments of his dad cheering him on so he can catch High Father to let him know about Orion and these metal golems, you know, yeah, it's... It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's always very vague about whether, like, it, it, his dad's actually there or not. Mm-hmm. It, it never confirms one way or the other. It's like, well, yep. we're, you know, we're at the edge of reality. I could be here. You're yep. thinking about me. But of of course, alternatively, it could be just in his head, but yeah. it it doesn't matter because the point is either way, he's there mm-hmm. because he's thinking about him. He's there because he needs dad. him to be there. And yeah, and there's just all these moments like you know, yeah, that's how I taught you. You do it right. You know, two hands on the stick. Don't don't be afraid to to take these maneuvers. And he tells him too, like, you know, I I always kept a picture of you with me. I knew. Out of all the Jordan boys, you're going to be the one that was like me. Uh, and not that the other boys weren't my kids, but like you, you saw what happened to me and still decided to get into a plane for a living. Like yeah. That's, that's the Jordan spirit. There's the bit he says, you know, it's in your blood. I don't mean being a pilot because, you know, your brothers yeah. aren't pilots, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, this, this idea that you've got to try and be better. It, that's, yeah. that's part of their, their, their mentality. And it's just some really good house stuff where he's just, he goes from that self-doubt to being confident in how Jordan in a plane. Because that's what this construct is. It's him in basically what looks like the plane that his dad blew up in that we've seen numerous times yeah. before. And he's just like, you know, it's a hell of a good time, right? Fish got to swim. Pilot's got to fly. And that at that moment, he kicks it in and he catches High Father and Light Ray. And they're both like, well, no, that's not possible. There's no – the green light is not faster than Light Ray. Light Ray is the, the god of, of light. Like, so it's the fact that he, he did the impossible and that's what led him to the new gods. And then he turns around and he's like, dad, you ever get scared? And he turns back and he's gone and he says that I love you. And then he, you know, that's when he catches him and lets him know what's going on. And, you know, it's that part of the story. That's, that's literally the entire issue is just howling a plane talking to this idea or ghost of his dad and then you know at the very end is he, he catches them and he takes high father in the plane and light ray is kind of pissed because he wanted to mm-hmm. he, he hates that hal did he that wanted to him. do it mm. yeah i'll say i'm impressed that given that the hal parts of the issues are usually your weakest points like that's it's, it's always hal parts weak but you know guy and john yeah. and whoever good stuff 
It's impressive that there was an issue. It was entirely Hal, I, and you ended I, up. I think yeah. that might actually be the strength when he's just focused on Hal. There is no distraction. He's like, hmm. no, okay, this is Hal. It's got to be right, otherwise the issue falls apart. So right. it, it kind of has and, and to be good. Here it got to the basis of who Hal is as a character, and no matter what he does, he'll be in his dad's shadow. But here, after this, he knows his dad's proud of him. He doesn't have to be in the shadow, but he'll always be Martin Jordan's son. Right, and, and you you have that that final page, him. that final mm-hmm. page is the you know full page spread of him flying away away from these beams in that ship with you know high father back, yep. and you have his father looking over them. Yep. So it's actually a really good issue. Sure. Yeah, and and you know we we get some of the events that tie in with what might be happening, Mister Miracle, is the Omega beams are what's hunting High Father, yeah, and that's what they're chasing. So now that. Jordan's taken over, or Hal's taken over from Light Ray. They're on him, and since he's the best pilot, right? Yeah, and and you have high to wonder, father surviving's on him. Yeah, and you have to wonder, you know, when when uh, you know Orion says high father's dead, we were right. speculating was that to do with Orion, but right. is it just these beams caught up with them? Where well, you know, could this play in more than we think? That'll take us on to new Superman number fifteen, Jean Lin Yang. Uh, and Brent Pe- Peoples writing. Uh, oh, sorry, no. Jean Lin Yang writing and Brent Peoples uh, on art. Uh, so that's again picked right up where the last one left off, where Harley and Croc and Deadshot showed up and used mm-hmm. Kryptonite Sword to kill uh, Emperor. Superman. Emperor Superman, yeah. I was going to say, oh, can tell I'm not reading this book because I'm like, what? Earth, you're <laughs> um, yeah. So, Matt, were you expecting uh, Chinese Doomsday in this issue? No, I wasn't. I was expecting a lot that goes on here. I keep saying it feels like Yang's writing towards an ending. Yeah. And then here it feels like he hit the restart. Like, like you know when you got tired of playing a certain video game, you just went and hit the reset, and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to start back from... I'm having a bad time. Although I don't think he was having a bad time. Oh, yeah, I like this the way that this lot. issue, Yeah, the way this issue ends... It completely resets everything. The way this to, issue ends feels like the biggest like reveal he's had in the entire thing because it's yeah, like because remember you know was it was his name Fu on you the the sort of dodgy yeah. Asian ca- Asian character from the, you know that mm-hmm. old Detective Comics issue. Uh, so basically, the end of the issue is I mean obviously we're skipping around here, but I'll go back and talk about the other mm-hmm. stuff. At the end of the issue, uh, after like Keenan beats Chinese Doomsday, which is Emperor Superman. Basically, the evil I Ching shows up and. It's like, oh, we need a distraction. And he's like, okay, he raises him from the dead and makes like a Chinese doomsday. And Keenan oh. beats him, but it takes so much out of him, he sort of passes out, and everyone's like, Keenan, Keenan, wake up. Because yeah, he has to expel off of his, his chi. Yeah. And, yeah. And he, he, he blacks out, and the last page, he wakes up, and it's San Francisco, Chinatown, 1937, which, you know, of course, uh, the date, right around, you know, just before Action yep. Detective Comics started. And... It's like, oh yeah, you're back at the start, and it's like, what, what, what's happening? <laughs> like, so, I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued by the ending and where this is going. Well, this yeah, book we is not more... what I thought it was. No. So, and the fact that we get that I Ching has this battle with his other self, and we fully find out that he is a representation of the yin and the yang, and we don't yeah. know exactly who was first, but we know that one's a manifestation of the other, and they are meant to balance each other out. Because that's the end of the end. Yeah, and the, the evil white one uh, seemingly defeats the, the, the regular dark one for now. Yep. Uh, it seems to be in yep. control just now. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Actually, Deadshot actually stabs Keenan with the sword, and that's just at that point yeah. where both his mother and father, Doctor Omen, uh, you know, Dragon em- Gen- Flying Dragon General. Yeah. I always mess up his name because it's too, too many words. Yeah. Uh, them and the Justice League of China all like swoop in to help, you know, save the day. And well, to be fair, they do. And there's some fun stuff yeah. that we get that big dull pitch spread. You know, they've evacuated Keenan, but the rest of the the Justice League of China are like, you know, yeah. you, you, see, you see Avery like speeding around, and you see, yeah. you know. Uh, Batman and Wonder Woman doing their thing. It's good stuff, uh, and there's, some, there's some, even some uh, fun things. Like I think actually there's a moment later on uh, when Keenan comes back to the battle, where I think um, Bakshi looks the most Batman he's ever looked because the cape completely covers him, so it just looks like yeah. Batman standing there with a sort of chubbier face. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. It like, feels like he's becoming more like mm-hmm. Batman as time goes on. He's, yeah. he's you know he's really harnessing it, and it kind of ties into how when Keenan comes back down, uh, one of the great ten says, yeah, get away from our Superman. Or, you know, maybe it's earlier when he jumps in yeah. to help him. Uh, it's after dead, uh, dead shots attacked him. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, did you hear what he just said? He called me, like, China's Superman. Superman. Yeah. This is fun stuff. Yeah, we, we also get into the parents about how mm. this has always been who his mom was and that she was trying to get in with Keenan's dad and the brother because she, she felt like their way of doing things was always wrong. Yeah, that she was gonna fix it. They, they were really, she ended up actually falling for him for yeah, a little bit. They, they were related to this group that she was trying to infiltrate, and mm-hmm. she then faked her death. And the, the point of that was to sh- sort of scare them out of doing what they were doing. But she yeah. also says that no, the love wasn't a lie either. She did seem to actually fall for him, and she does care about her son. She says that she yep. saw him on TV in the first issue, and she realized that maybe the best way to protect him. Uh, is actually to give him the powers. Yeah, give him the powers, make him the Superman. Which, to be fair... Which, again, is... It's protecting someone goes. It's a pretty good strategy. Give them superpowers. Well, so, if you look into the Chinese politics, and we know that Yang's very much into that, she kind of just gave power to the people, which is kind of what they were meant to do. You know? Like, that's kind of what... They are, uh, like, a socialist government, right? So... Mm that's what they want to do and she she found someone she could protect them and so it's a nice little kind of meta story in there and now he is their superman because when when he survives the the kryptonite sword he and feel all of his chi returning and that's how he goes to fight the doomsday like he concentrates it all from his stomach to his fists yeah and it was, it was a nice little nice little moment and avery too also like no wonder my parents moved from here it's crazy yeah <laughs> Also, I, I like that when uh, Evil Ai Ching, you know, wakes up Doomsday. He actually appears because Harley's having trouble to talk to anyone because she can't speak Chinese yeah. or Mandarin, I should right. say. And every everyone is like, you know, like she's like, oh, you don't speak any English. Oh, she's like, yeah. she's disappointed that her wisecracks aren't getting through to him. Uh, but uh, Evil Ai Ching actually appears and talks to her yeah. in English, yeah. and she's like, what, what are you like, my Chinese fairy godmother? It's like something like that. And that's when he, like, that's yeah. just before he brings up Doomsday. I just, I, I like the idea of Harley dealing with some of these characters because they're so different yeah. and separate from everything she's ever interacted with. Uh, and yeah. just final point at the end, when he does uh, go back to you know San Francisco Chinatown, uh, full on you. I, I think I'm remembering that name, right? I think that, that's why it was funny. Cause it was like full on you. Okay. I could be misremembering it though, but it was something like that. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I'll check it for next issue. Uh, but, um, yeah. Oh, by the way, it's not I Ching, it's I Ching. I just, it just, so, what one of our regulars has commented on the last two issues we discussed of this. Oh, correct, correcting okay. our pronunciation, and I said, I promise cool. I'll remember next time, and I haven't been. 
I Ching. Ching. It's pronounced Ching. All right. There you go. We we kind of learned. Cool. <laughs> Ching. Um, Only took fifteen issues, but good. Yeah. Anyway, so it, it, just the last thing he says is is and I am the very beginning. That, that's what he says. Mm-hmm. I just think on a meta level because it is very much the start of DC that time period. I think it's a cool little touch. So. Uh, but no, I think I loved the last issue a bit more because it felt like this big climax to everything that had been building up to. But this was a solid kind of like transition into this new crazy thing, whatever we're doing. And yeah. I'm still digging the Justice League of China, so cool stuff. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's a great stuff. Uh, that'll take us on to our last book, which is Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 14. Julian Shauna Benson writing uh, Marcio Takara on art. And this was kind of a weird one where... Babs, like, because because Canary and Huntress were chaperoning this class field trip out to basically this little place in the outskirts of Gotham, that was kind of like Gotham's version of Salem, because it had witch trials and things like that, and the class are there to learn stuff. Babs stays behind in Gotham, does a little bit of oracling, oracling? it's not really a word, but I'll say it, uh, for Batman. Because Batman's with the rest of the detective team, including Stephanie, which is interesting. And they're in one of Riddler's traps and they're drowning and she helps her helps them near his oracle. But then there's a call of a black bank robbery. She goes out and does, does Batgirl. And then she fights some other thugs and then Catwoman and Poison Ivy show up to help. And it's basically just a series of these little one one or scenes of crazy things happening and her being her. Uh, whereas at the field trip... the they're joking about they're learning a little bit of the history but they're also joking about having to wear these goofy old dresses because they all sort of dress to be you know of the time um, mm-hmm. and then they're around the campfire telling stories of this uh, what was his name Blackfire this, this Blackfire who was like sort of hunting witches uh, during the time period sounds uh, like uh, Starfire's sister and they they scare the kids because Canary jumps out with her, her big mask on and goes ooh uh, but they tell the story of this this cave nearby where they trapped him because he couldn't be killed and um, just whatever. And th- then the kids sneak off there and sure enough, he's actually in there, which I thought they jumped the shark a little bit. That was a little bit too easy. But uh, mm. he's actually in there and they have to like protect the kids and they, def- they defeat him, of course. And it ends with uh, Bab showing up and like sitting with the campfire like, yeah, I kind of missed you guys. Let's you know, have some s'mores. And that's the issue. And if that sounded crazy and like, there was a lot in it, because there was a lot in it, it was packed i didn't hate it though it was, it was, it was, oh matt's mike's going again Mike, three times in one episode insane stuff oh he's muted now as well uh, it's, it's uh it's all a symptom because i was drinking it was like it's got to get back at the i think, I think that's what it is yeah wonder if matt, matt's got audio again or, am i back there he is he's back yeah yeah so what, what did you think did you did you enjoy this weird one shot maybe not want to read the book again <laughs> so, do, do, do you know I? It, this was a weirder one. I I did kind of a, as much as I thought it was really just kind of far fetched that this this guy they told a story about because Huntress even says, "Oh, Grayson told me this story," and I thought it was made up. Yeah. But then this immortal guy's in this cave. That was kind of really far fetched, but I kind of appreciated it in a weird. It kind of felt like a nineties TV show and how they'd have the monster of the week story. And this was just the random monster of the week. It kind of gave me that yeah. vibe. It was weird. I, I I would have liked it without Batgirl. Like if you they could have just focused on that on just Blackfire. Yeah. I kind of agree camp. with that. Yeah, that was the stronger stuff. Was the yeah. like, the, so, the, the campfire stories like Canary being pissed that she's never phone because they want to have yeah. an authentic experience. That was the better yeah. part of the issue. 
the Batgirl stuff was just kind of like, here's some random fighting and one-liners from characters. And I thought Batman's dialogue was a bit weird. He didn't really sound like Batman. Some of his no. his phrasing just sounded off. Yeah. So, I yeah, I'd, I'd agree this was kind of a, a a weaker issue, but not without some bits of charm here or there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, again, on a, on a busier, on a less busy week. Well, it sounds like you're dropping Titans, so, I mean, you free you, up one slot. Yeah, uh, yeah. But maybe, maybe Bird's Praise the other one. But you seem to be enjoying Superwoman, so that's nice. I'm, I'm, yeah, glad, I, I'm glad I talked you back into that. I, once it got out of all of that... With Superwoman, all of that, that, that Lana kind of drama, not knowing what to do. Now that she's back being Superwoman, yeah. it's fun again. So, Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, and I like Kate Perkins. I, I typically like Birds of Prey as well. I, I think this was just this one. I feel like this was doing what uh, Larson does on Batgirl, where between the mm-hmm. arcs they wanted this one shot, but it just didn't like pull off in the same way. Yeah. So, uh, not terrible though. I, I, I don't regret reading it by any means, but... Um, certainly in the lower end of the books this week uh, so that, that that's the last book we have concluded okay. all all 13 books in total uh, which takes us on to uh, you know our favourites of the week and rankings and panels and all that kind of thing and we always start with best panel of the week on oh dear uh, I've got a lot to pick from and I don't have one ready I, I have mine Matt jump, jump right in mine, mine is from Action Comics uh, right. 987 and it's where Superman flies in and saves the immigrants. And it's, again, it's a it's a classic Superman image. It's him with the bullets bouncing off of his chest. And because that's what he does. He comes in and he saves the day. And it doesn't get more simple than that. I think that's, I think that's, that's fair. That's fair. And also screw Fox News because. That too. Well, obviously. Double down on that sentiment. Yeah. Uh, Connor, panel. Uh, I have to go with that two page spread of all the evil Batman appearing. That's an easy one too. Uh, yeah, like I said, you know, low-hanging fruit, but it's a great image. I, I, I was mailed attempted myself. It was kind of in the running. Um, I'm it's yeah. I'm actually going to go with a, a panel from Mister Miracle. Um, yeah. I'm just struggling to decide which one. Basically, I'm wanting one of the ones of a. Uh, Granny goodness in the dark with just the the red light mm. of her gun or the, the candle. But the problem is they flow so well that there's not an individual panel that sticks out. Yeah, I agree. That is the that is the problem I'm having. Yes, uh, so I, I'm going to kind of cheat and just say that sequence because it's just yeah, kind of fair enough how it is. <laughs> but you know, that, 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 it was just in terms of like pure like just I'm in the scene with the characters feeling that was that was the one that really. Like mm. hit me no, with that fair. this week, so that's what I'm going with. Uh, which will take us on to best cover of the week. Um, uh, which uh, I'll go to Connor first for this one. Shit. I was gonna, <laughs> I was going to go first, then I realised I didn't have an obvious choice, so I'm. I'm... No, the, I, I don't think there is an obvious choice this week. Um, I might go with Mister Miracle. Actually, I think that's a pretty strong cover. Right. It's a, it's a strong image. Yeah, that's pretty fair. I do think it's quite funny though how that and Detective look very similar when they're side by side. They do. Do you know what? Now that you mention it, <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> that's kind of amusing. Um, oh dear. Uh, none of, yeah, none of them are really super standing out to me. Is, uh, 
I'm tempted to go with Teen Titans just for the because I'm pretty sure that's Cedric that did that. It, it is Cedric, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I man, I like the variant a lot more on that Teen Titans. That's the one I picked up on. Uh... I'll tell you what, if if we were picking variants, the variant for Supergirl these past few issues yeah. uh, have been phenomenal. Do, do you know what? On on the Titans, the Teen Titans. It's, it, usually, I don't have to specify, but they're in the same bloody week this month. Yeah. Um, I think Cedric, like the you know the Batman who laughs staring out in the background is great. But the foreground, it's 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 fine. It's Cedric, oh, so it looks good. But I don't think it's a great cover image. Oh no, I, I kind of agree. But I, I, I'm kind of in that camp with most of the books this week. But no, oh, no, that's fair. They, they all kind of have that. Whereas that, you know, has the Cedric art. Yeah, too. there's some good art, but there's yeah. no standout image. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I am. So yeah, I'll go with Teen Titans on that on that front. I'm I'm going with Action Comics. It's, it's just the Superman logo. <laughs> but it says hope. Yeah, and, and, and to it's be fair, also, I got the lenticular as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that's okay, what I'm okay. saying. That like, changed into the yes. Oz thing, doesn't so, it? So, yeah, so when, when my shop handed me my, my pull box, and that was massive this week because, you know, 12 issues. Uh, you hot your back going out the shop. Yeah. yeah. So, he's, my, my guy's showing me what I got, and he saves action for last. And he put aside a lenticular, even though I didn't ask for it. He didn't charge me any extra for it because uh, I only got a few of them. And and yeah, so it held a kind of special. It was cool seeing it in person the, for the first time. You know the yeah. obviously the logo changes. Does it say anything else instead of hope? Um, I have to go grab it. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Never, <laughs> so, never mind. It just it just changes the graphic with with the yeah the yeah. S. Um. Okay, so that'll take us on to best art of the week. Um. I suppose I'll go first. It's probably obvious for me though. Mr. Miracle is my best art of the week. Like I yeah. say, mood and atmosphere, facial expressions, storytelling. It didn't even need the words. Uh, yep. I was just, in, you know, I was just engrossed the entire time because of it. So, uh, Mr. Miracle, Matt. Yeah, a lot of decent art, but Mr. Miracle does take it. I was tempted to go with Supergirl or even Action because I really like those two. But then the stuff in uh, Detective was also really good, and then Metal, like. But yeah, Mr. Miracle's next level. I, I, like, I, I'll, uh, I mean, obviously I agree with Metal, but I agree with Supergirl there, actually. Supergirl, uh, yeah. Alex Segovia. Yep. Uh, Connor? No, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm bucking the train. Jared is great, and obviously Mr. Miracle is fantastic, but Capullo and Metal just... Uh, it's, it's a fair it, it takes choice. It for me. I, I, can't, I can't argue too much. Uh, okay, so, well, that takes us out of top five, which I think this week is actually a tough... Uh, Some competition yep. this week, isn't it? Yeah, so Connor, you're getting picked on first. <laughs> Alright, okay, so first is Metal, second is Teen Titans, third is Mr. Miracle, this is where it gets tough, <laughs> four, uh, Hal Jordan? Wow. Maybe, yeah, yeah, I think so, and good five, five I'll go with Detective. Cool, cool, uh, Matt? One, Action Comics. Shouldn't be a surprise. It's not just the Superman bias, but it's the one I got... No, it's not. It's the one I got into most this week. And I reread a bunch of them, so it's not just, you know. Uh, Number two is Mr. Miracle. It was really fantastic. Uh, I could have said Miraculous, but damn. That's what happens when you... (laughs) Two is... Or three is Teen Titans. This is where it starts to get more difficult. Is that that four spot? Uh, I guess four is going to be Detective, and five is 
That is metal. I have to. It's event book. <laughs> um, it's, it's an obligation for Matt. It is. Appar- apparently it is. Uh, my number one is Mr. Miracle. And then my number two is Metal. My number three is Detective. My number four is Teen Titans. And then my number five... Oh! <laughs> um, uh, Which one gets that final spot? That's the thing. Like I, I feel like, you know, I feel like Flash, Supergirl, New Superman... Are all... Do you know what the real problem is? Once you get to that final spot, well, you pick bit. one, they're like, okay, these are kind of equal, but I've got to pick one. But the rest, yeah. go, they don't even get the top five. They're just left know. out. Well, that's the thing. When, you, when you've read 12 books this week, like I did, you know, top five really means something because I'm, I'm leaving seven out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think I will have to go... I, I think New Superman was more consistent, but I'm going to go with Supergirl because that Mr. Bones reveal... Enough. Just puts it over top. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it was. That, it was pretty cool. That's my that's my reasoning for that. And the new Superman got quite high last time, so you know, divvy the love of a little, little bit. Spread it out. Uh, so there, there you go. That is that is this week's favourites. Um, and everyone picked a different number one, which I, th- I actually expected that this week. I thought it was so varied and with so many strong books throughout that I thought, yeah, we're going to actually have a lot of different lists. So this the, week. the unanimous books only tend to come in the week where there's a standout book above everything else. And yeah. while this week there was. There was a lot of good books, a lot of great books, but nothing that was like, no, this is clearly much better than everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you could just phrase it as there was like four standout books, so like which one got number one from any of us was just yeah, getting no, up in the air. Yeah. Uh, so that'll leave me to tell you what is coming next week. Um, and after this week, it feels almost quiet. Uh, we have Batman the Red Death number one, which is the first of the one shots, mm-hmm. along with Nightwing number 29, which is the next part of the Gotham Resistance crossover. So those will be. Are you reading those first? Yes, yeah, so those, those will be the headlining books that start the show. And then we yeah. also have Aquaman number 28, Batman 31, Batwoman number 7, Green Arrow 31, Green Lanterns 31, Superman 31, Super Sons number 8. And I'm not sure if anyone's checking it out, but we do have Wonder Woman Conan number 1. Uh, that oh, would be wow. <laughs> Who are you talking to? I am, uh, of course I'm going to check it out. Alright, Matt's definitely checking it out. Uh, maybe Connor will as well. Um, no, I, I'm good. I have zero connection to Conan, so it's very very hard to get excited about he this. He carries a sword. It's great. He wears little clothing. Okay, Matt's yeah, look, priorities have been... Look, I, I can't argue with Matt's logic. but I'm not still wearing not pants right now. Do you know what the sad part is? I believe him. Oh, I believe him. I believe. I don't it. have to. I don't. I've to, become Donald Duck in that way. I mean, here to to be fair, like no one has any proof that any of us have ever been wearing anything in the lower half ever. Yeah, I've gotten up a couple times to go deal with issues. Ah, so true. true. There's, but um, the Wonder Woman Conan is written by Gail Simone. So, That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. Art by Aaron Lopresti. Yeah. Do you know what else is next week? Uh, on Saturday is Batman Day slash Harley Quinn Day. <laughs> Slash Harley Quinn Day, yeah. But right. yeah, so they've got uh, there's a like a you know it's a bunch of special things. Uh, out. I mean, I'll be there punching adults that wear those people met masks right in the face. Yeah, it's worth mentioning the actual day of like Harley Quinn's birthday was uh, this past week. I'm sure she's turned twenty five. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, so yeah, yeah. Also, I'm not here next week because I'm at Comic Con. That, that, is, yeah. that, that is very true. You're at a convention. You've got a friend staying over all weekend, so Connor is not not around uh, next week. So he misses next week's books. But if he's nice to us, he might read them all and quick enough to send in his top five and such. I, I, I don't know if I get that quite that far. 
Priorities will be Nightwing, because obviously it's part of the crossover, and Red Death. Maybe send your thoughts in so, like, so we can... Yeah, those will be the priorities, because obviously I don't want to miss those ones more yeah. than anything else. Uh, that's, that's fair. So uh, that was the thing, because we, we thought you might not make it back for this episode. I was like, oh, that's kind of shit. He's going to miss two in a row, cause we knew, because we knew you weren't going to be here next week. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, what we will tell you about, though, is if you are on Patreon, or Patreon, if you, if you are a patron... Patreon. On Patreon, um, our monthly episode, but not this week, me and Connor uh, read and talked about Justice, the Alex Ross, Jim Kruger story. Um, we were divided on our opinions somewhat. So yeah, we had a little bit of a fight on that one. So interesting discussion. Um, so that's there. If you're a $5 patron or above, you have access to that. That went up this week. That's our second episode. Uh, I think it was a good discussion, so uh, do check it out. Um, if you don't get no, I don't know if I think people can set their notifications on Patreon if they get notified or not. So if you don't get notifications, I'm telling you now, so you know it's for sure it's there. Uh, so go have a look there. It was a nice lengthy one as well. Uh, it was a nice ninety minute discussion. Uh, so you can go and have a, a look at that. And essentially, it boiled down to Peter was wrong. <laughs> that's that's what I took away from that that hour and a half. No, I, I I think you're in a different universe here, Connor. So something's tangented here on the, well, on the that, timeline. This is this is how I remember it. So. I want to launch him at the Rock of Eternity. <laughs> he's not antimatter. He's dark matter. He can't do that. He's ginger matter. Uh, no, he's ginger antimatter because because ginger. That's don't what matter. happens when you combine dark matter and antimatter. You end up with ginger matter. <laughs> the gingers will rise. <laughs> Uh, um, that's that's the threat they're trying to avoid by not mixing them gingers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then, so, so, so Wally West had a heart attack. <laughs> so where was it going? Yeah, so I'll plug in stuff. So yeah, that, that went up this week. So if you want to support us on there, if you're not a patron yet, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV, and you get some bonuses for the comic stuff, but you also get bonuses for all the YouTube stuff we do as well. Uh, we do movie reviews, TV reviews. Um, we kind of pair off for all those, uh, you know. So. But yeah, so check check out stuff. Uh, like, subscribe. Let us know what you thought of this week's books. Uh, what you you know comments below on YouTube. Where you can tweet at us at DC Comics Podcast. If you want to get us individually on Twitter, Matt, where are you? At Matt of Steel fifty seven. Connor. I'm at Connor ninety four. And I'm at Wibble eighty nine. So you can do that. Um, have I forgot anything? No, I think that's everything. I think I've plugged it all. Good. It's been hard to tell because it's been a long episode. Yeah. Thanks for watching, guys. We will be back next week, or at least me and Matt will be, to talk about uh, the Red Death and more metally things, and ho- hopefully Matt's happier. And also stuff in metal, not just Connor, because he is the Red Death. Yes. I'm going to have oh, way too much fun next it's week. It's a great nickname. I'll yes. take it. The Red Death. Yeah. With that said, guys, thank you very much for watching and our listening. We always appreciate it. It's great to have you here. Thanks for watching, guys. We will see you next time, and always remember, never get lost in the Speed Force.